0: time
1: too too soon good morning ass family and welcome to a friday that's right a friday edition of the arnie state show i hope that you are doing well and of course
2: ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed
1: an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen thank you to the 97 emails i received this morning letting me know that diane feinstein has kicked the bucket was Tommy in an initial text, he just said Feinstein croaked. Holy shit. Not kidding. Uh yes, Diane Feinstein dead at the age of ninety, longtime senator from the state of California. I think she's been in public office since Fred Flintstone left. A lot of people are are are, are remembering her with tributes today and and honorings today I thought she was a bag of shit thought she was always a bag of shit sorry not sorry sorry for her family I'm sure her family had a different relationship than the rest of America did with her this woman tried to close down the O'Farrell Theater without the O'Farrell Theater we would never gotten behind the green door which means we would never gotten Marilyn Chambers for God's sakes that's old school pornography That's magazine-esque pornography right there. She tried to suppress free speech a long, long time ago, and now she couldn't even speak, but she's still voting on behalf of her constituents somehow. By the way, Gavin Newsom is already in a shitstorm due to the fact that he has pulled the old... You remember how he said he was going to put a woman of color in there? Oh, the next senator of California is going to be a woman of color. I don't care about qualifications. It could be Whoopi Goldberg, and I'm going to put her in there. Well, everybody thought Barbara Lee was going to get the seat. And Nancy Pelosi is like, hey, look here, nephew, because they are related. It's very, very incestuous there in Washington and government. Um... I like our guy, Robert Schiff, the guy who got kicked out of the House of Representatives because he's a bag of shit. So we're going to let him be a bag of shit in the Senate, and that's who I want in there. And he's like, auntie, I can't do that. I said, I, I need to... So now he's saying that he is putting someone in there that vows not to run for re-election. Oh, I would double-cross him. I would double-cross that, son of bitch, because if you're in office... It allegedly gives you a leg up. That's what they're saying. So that's the big news out of California. Okay, all right. And, and I know that my buddy Hutch and I, who I'm going to be calling here in just a little bit, uh, I, I know that we'll be talking about that. But before we do all that, we got to we, we got to say good morning to people. Rise first one here. Wow. I'm wearing my shirt.
3: Niggas for Trump 2024,
1: yep. and I mean it. Uh-huh. And she says, good morning. Am I first? Wow. Yes, you are. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. There he is, Taz Man. Yeah. Says, good Friday morning, ass family. Ding dong, the witches of the West is dead. What a great start to the weekend. Have the best possible every week, everybody. Yeah, you too, buddy. Be cool.
4: I like to butt fuck fine ladies. Will I choke hold a bitch? Well, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: He says, happy Friday, peeps, unless you're Diane Feinstein. Battleborn! If you don't chew Big Red, then f*** <laughs> you. He says, good morning, ass family. Thank you, Dr. States, for another great week of ass. Well, you are welcome. I prescribe another one for you next week. Oh, I love trash. Trash panda says, good morning, ass family. Let's get this Friday going. Get them out three feet apart. Damn right. Come on, make it easy for the trash pandas out there. Cowboys, girl. We're not going to bow down and kiss the ring of the alphabet cult. Nope. She says, good morning, ass family. Happy Friday. Derek. Becca. Becca. Says, good morning, ass family. Left the house early enough to hang out with Pat Martin on his last show. Thank God it's finally Friday. Uh Yes, today is Pat's last date. last hour of the show today. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you a couple Pat Martin stories because Pat Martin is the epitome of of class of a radio guy. Not your sticky Dr. Johnny Fever. He is a true radio man, and, and we'll we'll talk about him later. Hockey player. <laughs> Good morning to you, my friend. I hope that you're doing well so far. Fred! Why can't car seats fit in the back of a Mustang? Because men can't have kids with other men. You're darn right about that. Fred says good morning. Happy Friday, y'all. Ralphie! Like a pink nightmare. Like a pink nightmare. Says, good morning, you beautiful bastards. This ass family is the best. Well, we think that of you, too. Chazman says, you're pretty great, too, Ralphie. Safety guys! Safe leg repair, safe leg replace. This happy Friday. I would be happy uh, the witch is dead, but now they're going to put a new crusader in there where a vegetable wasn't doing anything. That, that person's coming in. They're, they're not going to do anything. I I, I mean, I, honestly, it it it's going to be the same bullshit. It, nothing to get excited for. Please be a fart. Please be a fart. Please be a
5: fart. I should be fine if I don't push too hard.
1: Good, Darren. Good morning to you, my friend. I hope that you're doing well uh, today. Uh, it says, uh, good morning, Ass Family. Happy Friday, Dr. States, St. State's SQCPA. Might as well take them all the titles you can. Bradley! There he is. Hokies ain't doing it this year, huh? You can you can, you, you can get rid of that terrible maroon color and darken up that shade of orange if you want. You come over to the good guy side. There you go. Good morning to you, my friend. Uh, hope that you are doing well. Oh, my lucky stars. Oh, my. The one. The only. Ready, kid.
3: Well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. I'm super fly TNT. I'm the guns of the Navarone.
1: Yeah. Good morning to you. Wow. I mean, that was quite the entrance, the fanfare. So, if celebs die in threes, as we know, of oh, the almighty good wizard Dumbledore yesterday and the wicked witch Feinstein today, who's next? And yes, I am a nerd. No. No, no, that was that was just a bit yesterday. You're you're, you're not a nerd. Where did I put the... Oh, I know where the nerds thing, I think, is. Is this where it... No, uh, no, I, I don't know where I put all the nerd sound effects. I tell you what, man, I am moving stuff around on here like there's no tomorrow. I, I don't know what's going on here anymore. Uh, but no, you're not a nerd. Come on. Come on, not a nerd at all. You're just really, really smart. That's all. Stink fast! Says good morning, ass. I'm going to present the next statement in my Norm McDonald on SNL. Well, well sad news. is Diane Feinstein's died. Good news, though. Democrats say she's still fit to serve. That is true. Norm McDonald would say that. That. Norm McDonald would say that. You're talking to Robert. the Rolex
6: wearing woo! diamond ring, wearing kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine right! jet flying. Of a gun! And I'm having
1: a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Woo! Warbird says good morning. Now we just need Pelosi to croak. Yeah, uh, Warbird, sending out good vibes to you. I know that you've had a tough morning this morning. Um, and uh, just know that that person's in a much better place and that you are an amazing friend to that person. You are an amazing brother to that person. So just keep them in your thoughts. Uh, Safety guy says nice intro. Feinstein heard it and was like, Lab, my mom dead already. Nah, need Pelosi and Soros to hit the trifecta. Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh, I'd like to see Soros hit it. Mr. J says, Good morning, ass family. Ding dong, the witch is dead. That's exactly what I was singing when I saw the news. Hey, cowboy. Hey, sassy
2: Pammy. You're not just doing this to make your wife jealous. Yep. Yep. Good morning to you, Ogre.
1: Dias, familia. Uh, good thing Diane Feinstein will still be able to vote on things after death. Oh, I guarantee you she does. Oh, I I, I know she will. Chuck! I'm
0: Chuck. He's something, isn't
1: he? Uh, it says, good morning, ass family. Thank St. Arnie. It's Friday. Have a fantastic Friday, everybody. Well, you too, my friends. Is T-shirt time? Oh, my what goodness, kind of is, is
2: it? It is 12-10. It's t-shirt
1: time Damn right
5: t-shirt time.
1: It's t-shirt time Everybody knows it's t-shirt time You know, I need to roll out my old I had a, a an Arnie shirt that had me in the Pope getup Now that I'm a saint, I mean, I might as well have one Stupid Dick says, good morning assholes 4t5printing.com Loves the ass family and prays daily to St. Arnie uh, Rhino, uh, J- Jesse, JB, uh, good morning to y'all. I hope that y'all are having a fantastic day. I did t-shirt time today, which is brought to you by 4T5Printing. Uh, uh, by the way, I, I caught this little gym out and about yesterday. Me and Brady Kid were going to eat. We-, we, had a weird day yesterday. Okay? I- I'm gonna call my friend here in just a little bit. Uh, we had a weird day. So, we went, we were gonna go get some Chicago-style deep-dish pizza. There's a place called Taste of Chicago. We are gonna go there. And as we're driving there, got a lot of traffic, big old wreck on, well, not even a big old wreck, just two cars on the side of the road, but everybody here fucking looks. So I was like, can you give me the exact address for the place, because I know it's on this street, and she looks it up, and she goes, oh, they don't open till 3, and, and by the way, at, at this time, it was 1230. And I said, well, fuck, can't go there. So uh, we, we decided to go to a round table, and they've got like three or four round tables here. And I know that's Brady Kid's favorite pizza. So I was like, well, let's go to round table because I'm tremendous. Uh, and we went to the, the one in Dallas ain't that great. It's over by SMU, so it's all a bunch of snooty old fucks. So we went to this one over in McKinney, which is BFE. We went over there, ate there. It's fantastic. It was good, just like we remembered. As we're leaving, we got to do some grocery shopping. And we know there's a new H-E-B. H-E-B, if you ever come to Texas, it's a big, gigantic grocery store. It's the biggest grocery store you'll ever see. And it stands for Here Everything's Better. And they just opened a new one in Allen. And we were in Allen. That's where I stopped and got this beautiful hat because they're Allen, and they like to put A's on everything. And this is an A with the state flag of Texas in it. Bam! Collection, amazing. Just Jamie just made me my Morse code one. Amazing. Go to print for all your stuff. So then we go to, we, we we pull in. I see the HEB on the left side of the road. I pull in. And we notice that they got the, the brown paper up on the windows over by the uh, pharmacy. I'm like, well, maybe the pharmacy's not open yet. No, store ain't fucking open. Store ain't fucking open yet. Opened in six days. They told us a couple weeks ago it just opened. Some Bullshit. Had to go to Kroger instead. Damn it. I want to go to H E B. And, and I'm going to tell you something right now. I lost my mind last weekend. I forgot to tell y'all this. I lost my mind last weekend. Went to Sam's Club. We don't go to Sam's because Costco's a lot closer. We had to go to Sam's Club. So we go to Sam's Club and, and Sam's Club has this pimento cheese that I love. I love this pimento cheese. You know how I like pimento cheese. They have a Gouda version of pimento cheese. And to say it's Gouda is an understatement. It's Fantastica. So we're beep-bopping around. I pick up a couple steaks in there, and I march over there to to the cheese section, and I see shit brand, shit brand, shit brand. No Gouda fucking pimento cheese. No! Hoping that we were going to drive by another Sam's Club yesterday, but no. Since Allen's store is closed, we had to take a different route home, which meant I didn't get to stop by another Sam's Club. I have pimento cheese now, but it's not the Gouda one. Yay. Oh, we shopped at Walmart yesterday. We didn't even shop at Kroger. Crap. Crap on a crutch. I swear, man. And then, thank you, Jeff Yo. Rangers bullpen blows another one. We need to win one fucking game to get in the damn playoffs. One, two to clinch the division. Are y'all trying to kill me? Are you trying to murder me? Cause if you are, let's just get the police involved now, shall we? Cause I, I'm done. I'm done. Fuck you, mama. Hi, mama. Good morning to you. I hope that you're doing better than me. Made. Arigato! Around here, we speak American, okay, but Maid says, good morning, A.I.G. Japanese word of the day is Takutsu. Translation, bored, because I'll be missing football this weekend. Still in Japan. Uh, Konnichiwa, everybody there. Uh, Let's see, let's get through a few more of these so I can make this call. Gold says, good Friday morning. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Uh, you're gonna try to call Pat again? No, I'm not gonna call Pat again. I'm gonna let Pat have his listeners today. You're out. He's
5: fantastic. Yeah, yeah just a great guy and really uh,
1: very, very knowledgeable. He has a tremendous memory mm-hmm. and really enjoyed being with him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, morning, ass. I wasn't able. To, I was able to do laundry this morning. Unfortunately, Arnie, what happened in baseball? The Rangers fucking lost. That's what happened. My God. Oh, I'm fucking not happy about that at all. Where's dad, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, better a nerd than a stupid fucking dick. Now stop that. We love our stupid fucking dick because you're our stupid fucking dick. You know, when daddies looked uh, at the cribs, they looked down and said, Someday my son will be a man. Well, look at you now. You are just asses got whooped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Nerds! Nerds! Oh... Douglas! Screw your freedom. Good morning to you, my friend. Steph.
6: Damn, I bet you come in here on a Saturday night. Oh. You need nigga repellent to keep them motherfuckers well, off your head. Good morning
1: ass. to you. Uh, Alicia breaking news. That ain't breaking news. Diane Feinstein died hours ago. I took a dump at work.
5: I pooped on the company dime. I took a dump at work. I do it all the time. The boss man takes my freedom and create.
4: Least you
1: can do is when I prove, good morning to you, Alicia. I hope that you're doing good. H E B is also big in Israel. Yeah, you can't say that in H E B. Mister J says USA Stout Nuts strong in the Ryder Cup. 0 4. Yeah, I watched some of that. Uh, it's because Sam sucks dick. Costco is way better. I I like I don't mind. I like them both. I like the pimento cheese at Sam's better than the pimento cheese at Costco. I just got to say. A's won number 49 yesterday. They lose two out of three this weekend. Uh, oh, wow. Stackhouse says, wow, wow, wow. That's the official Indian and employee of Sam's Club. We are way better than Costco, and yeah, I get paid that. Uh, Primetime Thursday football is a woke shit show. Yeah, I won't watch it. I, I can't watch Thursday night football. I'm probably, I think it's dumb. All right. We got to make this phone call because I promised my buddy Hutch we'd call beginning of the show. And this is as beginning as it gets. We got to talk about the uh, the debate from the other night. The second uh, Republican debate for the election of president. Uh, this is my buddy Hutch, who I've known for a long time and very, very well versed in the world of politics. Hello, Hutch.
7: Hey, what's up, buddy? How you
1: doing, my man?
7: I'm good. How are you? Oh,
1: I'm good. I'm good. Did you hear the great news this morning?
7: Yeah, I did. Senator Dianne Feinstein passed away.
1: Dead, 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 <laughs> dead. <laughs> Didn't she try to close the O'Farrell Theater in San Francisco?
7: Yeah, she, dude. This it is very sad when it takes somebody dying of old age mm-hmm. for them to get out of office. We just keep voting these old fuckers in
1: there. I mean, it is insane. So. Hutch, you and I have known each other a while. We're going to talk about a a litany of stuff today because I've got you for a little while, right? Yep. Um, We got to talk golf. We got to talk college football. We got to talk Dallas Cowboys because you're a smart (laughs) human being because you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. But (laughs) The first thing we got to talk about is this fucking... um, this debacle that is the Republican party right now.
7: <laughs> oh, you mean you didn't like the debate?
1: Uh, I, I watched about 40 minutes of it. And first thing I noticed is what is with Swami's hair?
7: Yeah. It keeps getting taller. I think he wants to be taller.
1: I mean, I mean, is he trying to look like butthead or Kramer?
7: <laughs> I know that was one of the first things I heard from somebody was dude needs a haircut.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, what was uh what was your take on the whole thing? Because I've seen a litany of things of different people who won or lost. And I'd like to know on, on what, what you thought of it.
7: Well, you know, it's pretty crazy. Cause I've been, I've been paying attention to, and it seems like it's kind of all over the board. A lot of people thought Nikki Haley won. A lot of people thought DeSantis won. A lot of people thought Trump won just by not being there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was really sad to watch. And Fox did a terrible job of moderating. The Moderators lost control early, um, well, it was just people, they were just screaming back and forth to cutting each other off, just talking over each other. I mean, there was really no, no substance other than the exact same one-liners that we get every single time they get up on stage now.
1: The, the one moderator, Conchita or whatever her name, Charo, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, could, I, I couldn't understand a goddamn word she was saying. I ain't trying to be racist. I ain't trying to be funny, but like I'm sitting there going, And you know who I felt bad for was the governor of fucking North Dakota. That motherfucker was lost whenever she was talking. That's the first time he's ever seen one of them.
7: He's never heard that kind of language before. No, No, it was it was hard for me to understand. So you could see it too. There was I saw some camera angles when she was asking questions, and the people are looking at her like, "What the hell are you saying?"
0: I, just I wanted mean, to I, say hoochie, hoochie I have no
7: problem votes. with it, with her being there. I mean, it, it's great because I know the Republican Party is starting to grow um, constituents in the um, in, in in people who who speak Spanish and and things like that. But uh, you know, you got to make it so it's at least fairly legible.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing okay. In your opinion, and and I only watched 40 minutes of it. In your opinion, who won?
7: Well, I mean, the big winner, as always, is Trump, because he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. They just bickered at each other, called him names, which made Chris Christie look even dumber than he usually does. But um, he wins. He wins just by default, because nobody on that stage is taking control of these debates and moving up any, okay. Nikki Haley had a couple good shots at Vivek and Vivek always sounds pretty good. Although he comes off kind of smarmy um, probably because he is smarter than all of them. DeSantis, no one really cares. He just kind of, I mean, he has great policies, but he, he has no showmanship. And you unfortunately know. today you have to have some showmanship and he has none.
1: Let, let, let's break this down real quick. Uh, I want to, I, I want to start with DeSantis. Desantis mm-hmm. is such a a weak sack of shit that he's turned into, and, and, and I'm sorry that to say because I did like him before
7: mm-hmm.
1: when when all the COVID stuff was going on and everything. He seemed like he had you know some stones. What happened?
7: Well, he, he's a pretty good governor, and uh, and but that again that doesn't always transition over. He is he, he's he's solid on policies. He's another guy who's really smart. He's made some good decisions. He has some terrible people around him. I don't think he—he, he, I don't think he should have run. I think he's—he's he's won. I mean, Trump's going to win this, win the, the Republican um, side no matter what. So really, all he does is come off pissing off a whole bunch of Trump followers. Um, he so he's trying to appeal more to the middle. The the, the poignant part from him that, that stood out to me is when Haley hammered him on fracking in Florida and he just basically lied and said no 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 I didn't do that he actually did do that he did one of the first things he did is he he basically told the EPA in Florida we will not have any more fracking in Florida. Now, what he should have said is there's a reason we don't frack in Florida because it's it's limestone underneath there. It's not like what's underneath Texas. You can start fracking in Florida, you're gonna you're actually gonna have some environmental disasters. So fracking probably isn't a good idea. I lived in Florida, I know what the ground's like, it's very mm-hmm. porous. That's the last place you want to frack. But instead of coming out and saying that, he just he flat out lied. And anyone who with a keyboard can go on Google and see the second day in office. That's what he did. And
1: anybody knows if you go too deep in Florida, you hit the natural bath salt fucking refinery. And you don't want to fuck with that. Cause Florida no. will fuck you up for that.
7: No, I know. He's just, I mean, it's just not a good fit. And he, he, like I said, all he had to do was say that. And mm. it was really simple. I'm sitting there and I'm just, I just, my wife looked at me. She's all, what's that look on your face? And I'm like, Did you hear what he just said? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of stuff. But so that's where he's losing it right now, I think. And like, actually, the scariest part of the whole thing to me was after the debate. And the governor of California is sitting there talking to Mm -hmm. um, Hannity and he's just calling out DeSantis. Yeah, what an idiot. Can you believe he took the bait and he's going to do a debate with me? This guy keeps showing up at these Republican debates, keeps showing up on Fox. Look out, he's coming. And well, that's the that's the part that scares me the most.
1: Well, that's why I wanted to start with DeSantis, and I was hoping you'd move into that, and you you went perfectly there. Um, this debate, and I've said it now, and I had my friend Tommy on the show the other day, and I, I, I'm wearing this out. This is not a good move for Ron DeSantis. This is no, I, I don't understand this. Like, there's nothing he has to absolutely, positively destroy gavin newsom for this to be anything that works for him this puts newsom on a national stage even more and mm-hmm. if newsom beats him his campaign is over
7: well and newsom is a very very polished politician he's not a he's not good on substance you can kill him on substance but he's a very skilled and polished politician he looks the part he sounds the part He, the way he walks, the way he moves, everything he does in his life is totally geared for him to be a president someday. And then the guy basically ruins San Francisco. He's ruined California. And it doesn't matter. He's like the Teflon Don. The guy just keeps coming. No matter what, no matter what he does that turns out awful, he just keeps moving on up.
1: Well, the news though today of Dianne Feinstein, this could hurt him. This could dent him because, you know, he said. He was going to appoint a woman of color for that job. Mm-hmm. And now he's come out. Everybody said it was going to be Barbara Lee. Well, Diane, uh, his aunt, Nancy Pelosi, wants that, that 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 Schiff guy or whatever his name is, the guy who got kicked out of the House of Representatives. Adam, Adam Schiff. Yeah, she wants him to replace that seat. Yeah. And so now Gavin Newsom has gone back on the Barbara Lee and said he's going to put someone in that vows not to run for election when that office comes up.
7: Mm-hmm. No, I, I saw that. And, uh, and I had heard that before. And I, I, like I said, he, everything he does is this plan for, I don't think this coming election, it's the next election. So everything he is going to do, he, he I don't think he cares about pissing off his base. Who are they going to vote for? Mm-hmm. They're not going to vote for a Republican, the people who love him. So he doesn't really care about pissing them off. So what he's going to try and do is do things to see, look, I don't just fall. I don't just do just this of color. I don't do just this. Here's what I do. And he's, he's just trying to appeal to a wider base. I think.
1: All right. Now uh, let's go to uh, Nikki Haley. I don't know a lot about Nikki Haley. I know that she was like a, a, a diplomat and stuff like that. And, and all this kind of stuff. A lot of people like her. Why do they like her?
7: Politicians in South Carolina. Um, she, uh, She was very outspoken when she was at the U.N. and uh, pushed our agenda at the U.N. and and was kind of in lockstep with Trump when it came to, hey, let's not spend all of our money. You know, everyone else needs to pay their fair share. The issue I have with her more than anything is she wants to continue funding the Ukraine war. She's a warmonger, just like the rest of them that were up there pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, oh, yeah, I got all this base of donors. Well, these donors work for these defense contract companies. So what do we got to do? We got to keep doing what we're doing. And people, I was reading today, people like, oh, well, we're just sending them used equipment. Yeah, okay, we're sending them used equipment. It's not like that equipment was just sitting in a warehouse. I was in the Army. We actually use that used equipment. So when we get rid of it, what do we do? We have to buy new equipment, mm-hmm. so it's not like we're just giving them something that was just sitting there. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've heard in my entire life. If it, I don't care what we're sending over there, it's a hundred billion dollars worth of whatever. We have to replace that stuff, mm-hmm. so we're still spending money that we don't have.
1: I, I uh, look, look, you're, you're not going to get me to disagree with you on that. I, I don't talk a lot about about the Ukraine thing because I just don't care about it now. I've gotten to mm-hmm. the point where I'm just I, I'm. I'm I'm indifferent to it. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Nikki Haley's a warmonger. Um, Tim Scott was, boy, I tell you what, Tim Scott was pretty aggressive in the, in the first at least half hour of the, uh, the debate.
7: Well, yeah, he had to be. I mean, people forgot who he was after the last debate. Tim Scott's a, a good politician. I think he's a, a good person. I think he would do a, a, a good job. Um, but, again, you know, I think all these guys are, are have these ties to the military-industrial complex, and I don't think anyone up there other than maybe Vivek. That truly would be like, no, we're just not going to send you any money anymore. And I know I'm I'm kind of hammering this Ukraine thing, and I really don't care too much about it either, other than the fact that it just goes to show you it's a continuation of what we did in Iraq, what we did in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We're just going to continue to spend and spend and spend and spend. And then something came out today about how our barracks are here in the, in the States are in total disarray because we're not we, we don't have any money to fix them. We've got a gigantic military budget, and we don't have any money to fix our barracks? Oh, that's right, because we send it everywhere else. Mm
1: -hmm. I I mean, it it is frustrating, and for a veteran like yourself, I'm sure it's even worse to hear all these stories. Um, Mike Pence...
7: But I I like Tim Scott. I do like him. He's a pretty good politician.
1: I I don't mind. I I like him, but I don't think he's got what it takes to be president whatsoever.
7: He's he's never going to get elected. No. I mean, I think he would do a fine job, but...
1: Um, how about Mike? Mike Pence? Why is Mike Pence even around?
7: I don't know why Skeletor's up there. I mean, he just—he's—he's the—he's really the true last bastion of the Cold War esque Republicans. That, uh, you know, you know the, the Bible Belt type of Republican who, honestly, I don't have any issue with that. I know the base of the Republican Party, you know, comes out of the Bible Belt. But it's, you know, today's day and age, not as many people care about that stuff, as unfortunate as it is. Mm-hmm. And they look up there and they see an old-looking white dude preaching about, you know, things that, that really they don't care as much about anymore like they used to. And- so I, I th- he just needs to step he needs to step away too.
1: And he's just boring as
7: fuck. Oh god. It make- took fifteen he took 15 seconds before he'd even answer a question because he had to thank everybody for asking him the question. Oh
1: god almighty. I hate that. To- oh, I want to thank everybody for being there. Shut up, man. You make vanilla ice cream seem fucking like a party. My god. <laughs> Good lord. And he does look like a chomo. He looks like he's
7: the leader of the children of the corn yeah i, mean, I know it, it's bad and again i mean everyone on the on the on the trump base can't stand the guy so i mean he guy has no shot it's like just wasting money wasting time
1: oh he is skinned a human being i'm just going to tell you that right now because you don't get that that cold look of death like he has <laughs> unless you've actually skinned another human being um I, before we get to vivek let's let's just real quick the the was it north dakota governor
7: yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't um, buy a
1: car from that guy. What what'd you say? I said, I wouldn't buy a car from him.
7: <laughs> no, I was listening to a guy talk about him the other day and he's got a good business mind. He's a good governor again, a good governor, mm. but I mean, again, zero chance at winning an election, unfortunate as it is. And I think we talked about this last time, you know, during the during the uh, Nixon and Kennedy debate when it became on TV and everything changed for politics. It's all about salesmanship and Mm -hmm. showmanship now. And it has nothing to do with your actual substance. And this guy, again, zero chance. So, so what, what are you wasting time and wasting donors money for?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't get it. I mean, he was just, he's a good governor though. He was annoying as shit. I, I mean, I think all of them are up there doing this in, in, in hopes to get cabinet spots,
7: Mm-hmm. Because I think yeah. they're all
1: trying and Mike Pence just needs to walk away because he ain't getting shit. No. Um, no. So last one we'll talk about here is Vivek. And I know that you're a Vivek fan, or you were. Um I'm I'm falling out of love with him.
7: <laughs> a lot of people are. I mean, uh, I still like a lot of what he stands for. It's it's cra- some of the stuff he says is kind of crazy, but I think it truly needs to happen. Getting rid of the Department of Education, they need to be gone. Dumping the FBI and moving all the agents over to the um, the different departments that actually do a good job. And I, I think these things need to truly happen to get rid of this deep state and this in this swamp mentality. But he, he just comes off very, you know, smarmy. You know, I'm smarter than you, which he probably is. But he comes off very, you know, very much like, I'm smart, you're an idiot. and And, and now his cliches that he started with, are starting to wear a little thin and you're seeing you saw a huge spike in his poll numbers early and you're really starting to see them flatten out and actually start to move the other way because people are like yeah we really like your ideas but you know you're a good eight years away from truly having any chance you need to go work in the cabinet or you need to go be a congressman or a senator or a governor or something and start there before you really have the ability to do it i mean you're not trump you haven't done it for since you're you know for 60 years you're a young guy and you have good ideas, and you have a ton of energy, and I love it. But, again, you, you, another guy, he just has no chance.
1: Well, and he kind of dropped the ball on the whole 14th Amendment thing. I mean, you know, I it, i i think that's a, a very good, debatable topic that we can talk about the Dreamers and things like that at another time. But to mm-hmm. bring that up there... I, 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 You know, and and you're right, because he's that guy that you want to hang out with, but you want to beat the piss out of, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You just want to take him aside at a party and kick the shit out of him and go, no offense, it's just you. It's just you. And do do any of these people have a shot at being VP?
7: Uh, I don't think so. Um, Maybe, no, I thought Nikki Haley maybe. Um, but I, I, I just don't think so. I think he's going to go. I, I think uh, the governor from South Dakota is who's going to be. He's going to pick for for VP. If I had to put some money on it, mm-hmm. uh, Christy Gnome from 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 uh, the South Dakota. I think she's. She'd be the one that at least if it was me, that's who I would pick. I mean, she's extremely popular in her state. She runs a state that has the lowest unemployment in the history of our country. I mean, she'd never shut anything down for COVID and they turned out just fine. I, I think she's done an excellent job there. And she's good in front of the camera. She's good in front of a microphone. I think she'd be a really good pick. And I think I think that's where he's gonna go, but you know, we'll see.
1: Um Tommy said that earlier this week. That's the, the governor of South Dakota um i'm trying to think just real quick before i move on to the next thing uh oh i wanted to ask you about this arizona thing did you see this story about the governor of arizona stepping down yeah
7: yeah i did see that
1: what do you make of that i mean and and didn't give a reason for it aren't aren't the people of arizona owed a reason
7: Uh, I they are owed a reason and i i wonder if it's a medical thing like maybe she went under for some crazy medical procedure that they thought, well, maybe there was a chance she might not wake up, so we got to have somebody there because it's a real short-term deal, mm-hmm. but it's, it, yeah, it was really bizarre, you know, and it, it, I mean, really bizarre. <laughs> I had a friend of mine, he was telling me the same type of thing. He had his CEO of of a county that was, uh, that just stopped coming to work for a week and nobody yeah. knew anything. Like, what, the, how do yeah. you just disappear? as a medical thing, but it's like, hey, you got to let people know. Especially an elected official, you got to let your constituents know, hey, here's why I'm not going to be here, and here's why our treasurer is moving up into my position.
1: See, that's what the mayor of New Orleans got wrong, is that she never showed up for work, she didn't appoint anybody, and she had her security detail picking up her kids at school. So the people (laughs) in New Orleans are kind of mad at her. It's weird. It's so weird that Louisiana politics are fucked up. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's,
7: a, that's a crazy state, man, when it comes to politics. It's still total oh old school.
1: Um, now, speaking of politics, I, I can't have you on the show and not talk about our current <laughs> president of the United States.
7: Jesus.
1: Joe Biden. Um, yesterday they started these inquiry hearing, inquiry hearings, inquiry, Jesus, Arnie, you're a broadcaster. Inquiry hearings on his bank records and things. And we've been promised some evidence that will lead to this. Are we there yet? Is it unraveling?
7: Uh, I, I think it's, it's the, the dots are getting connected by people who have a brain, um, but half the country doesn't have a brain. So it doesn't matter what you throw. You could have a video of him actually getting handed cash and him personally saying to somebody, I'm doing this for you. And half the country would still be like, Oh no, no, no. no. That's just that's just that's just what happens. I mean, it, it, I think the the Democratic Party is 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 probably going to let him get to the end. They're going to let him be indicted, and then they'll be like, "Oh, now look, we're going to move somebody else in here to run for president because See, he can't do
1: it." But, I was gonna I was gonna ask you because I have this theory that we all know that, that Joe Biden had, We we can say that he's probably not the actual guy running the country. Right. Right. I, I mean. I mean. We can debate if it's Obama or if it's you know Soros or or whoever's running things, but it's not Joe Biden. And they gave Joe this title as a an attaboy boy for being there for the party, you know, because he didn't really win. I mean, if we really want to talk and go go deep into this, that election was fraud. I mean, I'll, I'll say it.
7: Uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's fraud in every election. The question is how much was there and was there enough to overturn? And when you think about it overall, let's just say, well, we can't find 2 million fraudulent votes. Okay, fine. But can you find 10,000 in one district and 2000 in another district that he won by 1200 votes? I mean, I'm sure you probably could. Um, I don't think, I don't think we'll see that, but, uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it was fraudulent. Even if you say the votes that were tallied were counted correctly, the fact that they hid the Hunter Biden stuff and they did all this other stuff on the side to hurt Trump and and suppress free speech, I mean, they're blocking direct messages in in Twitter, for God's sake. The government was, was having them block direct messages. It was a scam. Now, whether it was truly the votes or not, it was definitely a scam.
1: So going with all that, so we've got this evidence that's coming out, all the Hunter Biden stuff, who, who now for some reason is suing Giuliani and saying he hacked his computer. I mean, I and, even though he and, – and he said it's not his computer, even though he said under oath it is his computer. Um, the cocaine at the White House. See, I think that, that this is my theory, is that the powers let him be gave him the job as an attaboy, and he mm-hmm. said, you know what? fuck you I'm going to I'm going to do this I'm going to run again and they're like Joe if you keep doing this we're going to fucking bury you and he's like yeah. well and then he keeps going and they're like Joe we're really going to bury you cuz you're getting bad and we're going to put dummy medicine in your water to make you fucking stumble everywhere and <laughs> and and we're going we're going to tarnish you harder than any politician has ever been tarnished and I think the democrats are behind that
7: yeah, they very well could be. It, it would not surprise me at all because, yeah, he keeps saying he's going to run again. And it's just like, no, you were a stop, Gabby. You were put in there because we didn't want Trump to win, especially now that we're seeing poll numbers that show Trump ahead, like, up by 10 points yeah. ahead of Biden. Now that they're seeing that, they're really like, holy shit, well, we can't let Trump win.
1: Well, they can't let Trump win. Who do they run? I mean, I mean, if we have all this security in place now for elections, we can guess that maybe this election will be on the up and up, whatever virus comes, and we'll be shutting our homes again, even though I don't think mm-hmm. Americans will play along this time. Um, I mean, there are a certain percentage of Americans that play along. There's still people that wear masks in their cars that are driving by themselves. Oh, my cells. God. But, I, we But
7: our, our our governor came out, uh, it wasn't that long ago, on Twitter and said, I will not allow any mask mandates in our state. And I was just reading the people who were commenting, I can't believe you're killing people. Yeah. You're going to let people die. And I'm like, are people still like that?
1: Well, you know what's so funny is that the information is out there. Um, in, the, in, in the American Journals of Health in 1982, Dr. Anthony Fauci – who should be the first one fucking hung from the gallows, by the way. That, mm, yes. Um, Did a paper on the uh, the actual pandemic that hit America in 1918, the Spanish flu.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and that a, a vast majority of people did not die from the flu, but instead died due to bronchial in- infections that were caused by wearing Mas- masks.
7: Yep. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. The data is all out there. If you really want to listen to, it, if you want to read it and find it, you're never going to see it on CNN. You're never going to see it on any kind of mainstream media site. And so then the average person can just say, oh, well, it's on Fox or, oh, it's on Newsmax. So it's obviously a lie, right. even though it's dead true.
1: Oh, well, all you got to do is look up the American Journal of Health. I mean, I, yeah. that, that's why I sourced that is because that's where I got it from. And that's mm-hmm. a pretty, that's a pretty solid source there. So- well, yeah, well,
7: well, the one I just heard is that they're talking about this increase in uh, in hospitalizations right now in uh, due to COVID, and it's really not due to COVID. It's people who are hospitalized that actually have COVID, but they're not in there for COVID. The guy's got a broken leg, so he's considered hospitalized due to COVID.
1: Oh, they did that the first time? There, I right. did, I did a story, and it's about
7: happening a- again.
1: Well, I did a story about a guy who was decapitated in a motorcycle accident, mm-hmm. and they said he died of COVID. Well, it yep. no, no, it it wasn't COVID that cut his head off. Uh, Gold says Ramaswamy is nothing but another Obama, Soros money taker, Pfizer investor, Obama speech stealer. I'd seriously research his history. He's a con artist. Okay,
7: I I have researched re- researched his history. Mm-hmm. Um, are there are there some ties that I probably don't love. Absolutely. Um, there is you're not you're not going to have a single politician that shows up. You don't get to the positions you're in in politics without taking money from people that you're not proud of taking money from. But to call him another Soros, I think that's going quite a bit far.
1: Okay. Um. So with all this Biden stuff happening, at if you don't think, who do they run then? If Biden doesn't run, who are they running? I mean, well they're not running. They're not
7: running the Ugandan giant Kamala. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean that—that's where this whole thing with uh, with the governor of California scares me. I don't—I think he's one uh, term away, but maybe, maybe, maybe he's—maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's positioning himself for that, and very well it could be. I mean, I hes I, I, such a big part of the party that. I, I gotta
1: uh, say, I gotta say that I don't think Americans would be that stupid. All you have dude, to do, all you—I I, I would to like to say Harris. that,
7: man, but I mean, COVID proved me how dumb we really are.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right, but. When we see the stories of San Francisco, when oh, we see God. California, do you know now in San Francisco? I did this story with Tommy on the show the other day. The homeless have now uh, they they blow up rafts and they rob boats. They have homeless pirates in San Francisco now. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. You
7: can't make this stuff up, it's man. It's phenomenal.
1: They take the boats, they rob them, then they take the boats to the Oakland Pier or the Oakland Bay and and sink them. I mean, it's yeah. like Captain Jack Sparrow is living in San Francisco.
7: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that, that place, I mean, I never liked San Francisco really to begin with, but uh, I mean, it's just awful now.
1: Yeah, it really it's- is. But and, and I think that anybody who's going to run for office... We'll just put a camera there and go, this is his fault when they show a homeless guy shitting in the middle of Union Square.
7: Oh. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, like I said, the entire state. <laughs> so a buddy of mine who works for a county told me in California that they had a big homeless encampment. So they went in and they, they paid for all these tents and created a safe space for this homeless people to live. And within a week, somebody got stabbed and the county got sued. And now there's like eight lawsuits against the county by pe- by homeless people who were in this encampment who are now were given this stuff and now they're suing the county for I guess giving them this stuff which has caused them to have harm. Oh,
1: I, I mean, look, look, these people are not they're, they're not stupid when they come to getting their own. Have you ever seen the story about the homeless people in Seattle, in Portland, and what they do? What they do is they'll give them cases of water. Companies will come and go to the homeless encampments and give them cases of water. What they do is they dump all the water out, take the plastic to recycling centers so they can get paid and buy heroin. <laughs>
7: Of it's, course, no good deed goes undone. I mean, it's just that's just the way that stuff but works. They're,
1: they're dumping the water on the street. It's not like they even have like a big tub set up. Like, hey, we might need water later on. I mean, we're just going to dump this shit out.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you can't fix stupid and. And like, a, you know, I've talked to other people about this. We do the Great Reset. We give everybody 5000 bucks, and we start everybody at zero. The rich people will still be rich, and the poor people will still be poor. Yeah. Not every, not all, but a vast majority.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree with that completely. Um, now, speaking of starting over, I, you and I don't talk a lot about this, and, and I have a, a big story that goes along with this. What do you think about what's happening on the United States border right now?
7: Oh, my God. I saw, uh, I watched Elon Musk down there. It's sad when a billionaire from South Africa has to be the one to go down and show the public exactly mm-hmm. how bad it is down there.
1: And he's at it's, Eagle Pass. It's an Pass. absolute sieve. He, he's at Eagle Pass. He's at the real southern border. Yeah. Not, he's not in El Paso, which is bad. Don't get me wrong. He's mm-hmm. not in Tijuana in San Diego, which is bad. But mm-hmm. he's at, he, he is at ground zero there. And it's it, it's amazing to see... The, the idiots, they're saying, oh, how dare they put up razor wire? Well, yeah. <laughs> but they're crawling under it. I mean, th- this is how bad they want to get here. And we have to do something about it, don't we?
7: So, so the same people that want them to come here are the same people that are telling everybody in the world how terrible we are. So it's like, OK, mm-hmm. we're the worst country in the world, yet people will will climb under and through razor wire to get here. This is how terrible we are.
0: Yeah.
7: And it's just, it just, that part blows my mind. And you're actually starting to see finally some of the mainstream media pick up on a little bit of this. But like I said, it took a guy going down there who has millions of people that watch him on his, on X and he does a live stream. So there's, I guarantee you, there were some people who saw that and thought, dude, there's no way. I I, I never believed it was that bad.
1: And, And you know what, you know what riles me up the most is when I see, um, these mayors of cities like New York or Philadelphia or Chicago when they come out and they bitch about the 15 to 20,000 that now are in their streets or in their <laughs> encampments and things when yeah. we literally in Texas have millions, Arizona millions, California millions, New Mexico millions. Yeah. But 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 you guys are being put out, so we need to refund you. Huh?
7: Pro- probably some of the best things that those governors did Was send those people to those cities And now those cities are like, wait, what?
1: Yeah Oh, Governor Wheels is the man Look, I love Governor Wheels I wish he'd run for president, but he can't run So, I mean yeah. <laughs> but uh, w- w- what, uh, what do we do? I, like, 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 uh, I'm putting you in charge of the border You're the border czar And I don't know why we have czars now Because that was a Russian thing um, Yeah <laughs> you what, what what do you do
7: oh man so i you know one of the things that i liked about what vivek had to say is you take our military and you position them down there you absolutely can use the military to defend your borders. You can't use them for an aggressive event on your soil, but you can use them to 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 shore up the border. And there's enough trust me, I was in the military and when you're not deployed at war, you're sitting around an awful lot. You could have put a weapon in my hand and had me go stand down there for eight hours a day and I'd actually would have earned my paycheck at that point in time. And I mean you have to do something. So if you're not going to let if you're not going to let us you know spend one tenth of the amount of money that we sent over to Ukraine on building a true border wall, um, you're going to have to defend it some way. I mean, and you can't just give amnesty to everybody. You can't just let everybody in. So what do you do? You have to defend it some way. So I, I think that that's what what I would want to do. That'd be the first thing I would do. Is we've got to shore it up. So let's send a whole bunch of motherfuckers down there. And let's make sure nobody comes over. Because guess what? When Trump was the, was in, not many people were coming over here. They were afraid mm-hmm. of what he was going to do.
1: Yeah, because he'd send them back. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I have no pride. Look, look. We know that illegal crossings have happened since. Well, we we've become the country, and mm-hmm. and a lot of those people who came here from Mexico, especially, were coming here to start. And better their lives. Now, they broke the law, but they kept their nose clean, and they raised families, and they raised Mm -hmm. families of hardworking people Mm -hmm. that have gone Mm -hmm. on to become American Mm -hmm. citizens. I have no problem with that. What -hmm. I have a problem with are these millions of people that are coming here with their fucking hands out. My favorite picture of the entire immigration issue was when one of the first buses showed up um, to New York City. (laughs) New York City And <laughs> and They were getting off the bus And New Yorkers were handing them cash <laughs> I'm sitting there going You're handing these people cash For riding a bus An air conditioned bus They don't know what air conditioning is Until they get on this bus And now you're handing them cash And now yeah. you want them gone
7: Yeah. Oh yeah you don't want them Not in my backyard I, yeah. suppose I saw a video the other day of a guy <laughs> And he was and it may have been staged or whatever, but it made it made the point. The guy's watering his lawn. He's wearing some Clinton shirt or something. They're like, he's like, yeah, I think we should let these people in here. Yeah, I think we should leave these people in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Republicans are awful. And the guy walks up with two immigrants. He's like, hey, can they stay here? He's like, Well, not not in my house. They can't stay here. And that's exactly what it is. Not in my house.
1: Oh, yeah. I so mean, best, Martha, you know. remember Martha's Vineyard did that. Martha's yeah. Vineyard's like, oh, yes, we're a sanctuary city. you not understand what the definition of sanctuary city is? Well, I had a story come out from, uh, uh, from New York. Uh, Korean War veteran Frank Tamaro he's 95 years old. My father fought in Korea, so uh, this caught my eye. Was kicked out of his New York nursing home at short notice so it could be turned into housing for illegal aliens that are overwhelming the city
7: yeah there you go right there you go that's exactly the hypocrisy of it all
1: i i mean i want you to think about this they're kicking out war heroes yeah war heroes for these people and these people are and yes i'm saying these people these people aren't going to amount to a hill of beans in this country they they just aren't i'm i'm sorry they're not here for the right reasons
7: Right. And like you said, I, I, I'm not saying that everyone who comes across the border isn't coming over here and going to make our country better. They very well might. Some of them, I, I guarantee, like you said, tons of them have, yes. right? But it, situation in the situation we're in right now, we don't have any money. We have homeless people on the streets that are citizens. We have war veterans that are kicked out of places that are just on the street and we don't do a damn thing for them. But somehow we're going to allow all of this stuff all these people to come over and give them places to stay. And they did that was in Chicago. They took the airport and they put like a big, oh yeah, a big curtain up and they have them sleeping in there. And it's just like, are you kidding me?
1: Oh, they did it in police stations. And I just did the story last week in Chicago. They have now, okay, $30 million to winterize a building to move the homeless out of the police stations into this building. This is the same city that I would imagine if you missed payment on your electric bill, they would turn your fucking electricity clean off.
7: Yes. And, well that's exactly right. And it just it, it it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I don't know, you know, like I said there's no there's no super duper snap my finger answer. But the first thing that has to be done is you have to stop people from just coming over here. As, at any time, as much as they want, as many as they want. Mm-hmm. I know it's a, you know, you just got to stop it. It's just simple. Then, then, then figure out immigration. First thing you do is you stop and then you figure out the correct way to handle immigration. You, you can't just be, well, let's let them keep just coming in and, until and we figure this out. Cause we're never probably never going to figure it out.
1: And all these people that want to talk about crime rates and things like this, the crime rates will never come down as long as all this happens because We aren't getting the best and brightest from other countries. And I'm not talking, I'm not picking on Mexico. I'm talking about Central America. They're coming Mm -hmm. over from fucking Afghanistan. They're coming over from China. Look, We we are not getting their best and brightest.
7: Well, you know, it's not just here either. It's happening all over Europe. What was that? What was that island that had more people deposited on the island than actually lived on the island?
1: Jesus Christ.
7: It's just like, I mean, it's just, it's absolute insanity. And if you're looking at just about any European nation right now, they're all running into the same issues that we have because they kind of, a lot of them have the same feeling we do. Mm -hmm. Just, oh yeah, just let them, it's it's nothing but women and children coming, you know, that's all that's coming over here. And then you see the pictures and it's nothing but a caravan full of 25 year old dudes flipping off the cameras.
1: Yep. That's all it is. And then we have leaders in this country, and I use the word leaders, and I promise we're going to have some fun next. We're going to talk sports and shit next. The mayor of Chicago has come out, and and I've got it, and I'm going to play it for you. we got to talk about the crime rates in this country, I mean, whether it's from defunding the police or stupid shitty DAs, but these flash robs that show up, that show up and (laughs) ransack places like Philadelphia, two oh nights my in a gosh. row this is what the mayor of chicago has to say about it though
3: that's not appropriate we're not talking about mob actions i didn't say that what, what I, okay what i'm hold on a second okay respectfully these large gatherings these large gatherings just hold on a second y'all i promise you we have time to talk it's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way this is not to obfuscate what has actually taking place.
1: This was um, the scene. Yeah, he, he,
7: he talks like he's right out of the Ibram X. Kendi uh, book of how to talk about something without actually saying something. He, I mean, he, he are wants you to kidding avoid me? It's a mob. mob. It's yeah. a flash mob. It's mobs of people. It's awful people that are looting, mm-hmm. not for bread, AOC. They're there stealing iPhones and iWatches and iPads and whatever else they can get their hands on. These people are need to be thrown in jail.
1: Um he wants to call them large gatherings that's a family reunion okay a large yeah. gathering is is a reunion of sorts this is a mob that is robbing people and and let me say this right now do i think that that when they sell these these bags these louis vuitton bags that probably for pennies on the dollar cuz they're not smart mm-hmm. um i think most of the money goes to drugs then it probably goes to some blang, uh, to a car, and then maybe they kick a little bit down for groceries, maybe. But but you got to get all your shit first.
7: Well, they're probably on food stamps anyways, but yeah. so and WIC and whatever else they're getting their government cheese or whatever. But no, this is all about how you know what can I wear? I mean, you look at these people; they all have cell phones because they're videoing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Geniuses. So,
7: yeah, yeah, like what was it? Meatball was that one that videoed the <laughs> Philadelphia one? Well, she was in jail for about 30 seconds. I saw,
1: yeah, I mean, that's a terrible that You're known as Meatball the Looter, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only I, in America. As I Don mean, is she would gonna say. get a VH1 show soon? Falling oh, yeah, I guarantee
7: with, she's probably yeah, gonna have her own show,
1: <laughs> Meatball the Looter.
7: The reality shows—the show—we're walking around, gathering people, going and breaking breaking windows. And oh, you'll God. probably get everybody in, in California watching it. Oh
1: my God, that is so fantastic! All right, so uh, a lot of people always ask me, like, how did you how did you and Hutch become friends? Well, we we became friends by playing golf, and mm-hmm. me pretty much funding your 401k there for a while because I bought <laughs> a lot of golf equipment. I mean, you love seeing me come into the store.
7: Yeah, I saw dollar signs, oh, but yeah. don't worry.
1: Oh yeah, I look. Hey, I and but see, you were cool because you and I then became friends and played golf together. Did all kinds. Of, I mean, we can have these conversations. Um, you are you playing a lot still?
7: Yeah, I yeah, I play. I'll probably get fifty rounds in this year. You know, we got that short window here about six months. Right. So you I play li- about fifty times.
1: You live in Montana. Do, do you right. get to, Do you get to shoot any illegal border crossers from Canada? <laughs>
7: They don't come over here from Canada. Oh wait, no, they do. They come over here cause they want our medical. Oh yeah. 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 They come over to our hospitals cause we're the big medical hub here in, in for the state here in Billings. And when my wife used to work, uh, checking people in, she's like, Oh yeah. Tons of people from Canada come over with their own private insurance because like, I'm not going to waste six months to have my knee worked on. I can't barely walk. So I'll come down mm-hmm. here. Hey,
1: well, I mean, that was, that was one of my favorite stories ever. They talk about their health care and how great it is in Canada Yet the the second guy in charge, the vice premier or whatever he is, he has to have open heart surgery and he had it done in Florida. Mm -hmm. I I think that was that right there. When when your own vice president says, no, I'm going to get it done in Florida instead. That should tell Mm -hmm. you everything that you need to know about socialized health care. Yep. But it doesn't because people are still stupid. Exactly.
7: But yeah, that's so we do get. A lot of them to come down here for that.
1: So, um. So, uh, I haven't been playing golf at all. I mean, my knees are fucking wrecked. I I, I miss playing it. But um, you worked at a golf store. We we always play golf. And you and I can talk golf because you're a historian of the game, kind of like me. I love the history mm-hmm. of the game. Um, did you watch the Ryder Cup this morning?
7: I, I watched a little bit last night when it first came on. And then I woke up and saw we got absolutely freaking throttled.
1: How, how are we getting throttled with, with Ian Poulter – Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia not there.
7: Right. I, I I I don't know. Well they sat I saw they sat Thomas and Speed and then Brooks I don't think played in the first in the first session, and we just got absolutely run. I was looking at the scores; those guys just made it's just like every friggin' Ryder Cup. Those guys make more twenty footers for birdie than anybody I've ever seen in my entire life. You couldn't like a guy like Colin Montgomery. He rolled in for twenty five feet for birdie. You play, put him in a PGA event. He can't hit a five footer. It was just something about this Ryder Cup thing that these guys are so fired up about, and are truly a team. And our guys are a bunch of you know, even though they're all rich millionaires that fly private now, they're still. The camaraderie between those European guys compared to the camaraderie in our guys, totally different.
0: And, and well, they I, just
7: they just come out here and they make everything they look at. And our guys just play tight. And they just it's like I'm looking at this match right now: McElroy Fitzpatrick against M- Morikawa and Shoffley. McIlroy and Fitzpatrick are five up. Fitzpatrick had f- five birdies and an eagle in, in a stretch.
1: Well, I, I'm going to tell you what it is. It means something to beat America. Mm-hmm. It means that look, look. Th- this is the hardest thing to to convince the winners to do is to continue to win. There's no joy in kicking the shit out of Europe. I mean, that was called the 1940s for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I mean, really, we we we. You have to, as a professional, especially this event, because and and I was born during this event. This is where I got my name was during this event, because Arnold Palmer was the team mm-hmm. captain. And uh, and he had Arnie's army and my dad was a part of that. And that's how I got yep. my name is Arnie. And it was no different than nobody. Everybody wants to beat America. Everybody yeah. wants to step on the throat of America if they can. And I don't look, I don't blame them. I don't like them. Fuck them. They're Euro trash. That's the way I look at them. But these rich millionaires, and you can say this about the PGA Tour, and we'll never see somebody like Tiger again. And I've got some Tiger questions because I know you're a big Tiger guy here in a second. But when the purses started going really, really big, Mm -hmm. do you think a lot of golfers lost their edge?
7: Well, I think there's two things in this. One, you're right. They, they did because it's not you're not out there trying to make money to make ends meet. Yeah, there are guys. The number 125 guy on the tour, well, he's not any good anyways right. compared to these other guys. But these guys that are at the top, I mean, when you watch that show on Netflix, you saw they're all, almost all, not all. There's some guys that are pretty down to earth where they're flying private. And then they've got their workout guys. They go to these places that they probably spend more money on their body than I spend um, living. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, like LeBron does a million dollars a year on his body. I mean, these guys are – it's all about that stuff. And so I think they've lost their, their true. I mean, yeah, they want to win, but the, I mean, okay. So I took second, I made, you know, 680,000 as opposed to 1.1 1. 1 million. doesn't change my life one bit, whether I finished first or one twenty fifth. The other issue is these guys are so mechanical now mm-hmm. and it's all about the mechanics of things. And they can't just, they, they can't just, if, if one thing is off, they can't win. That was the difference in Tiger. Tiger could go out there, and if he didn't have a certain type of his game, he could still win. He's the last one, I think, that was like that, that truly felt his way around the golf course.
1: If I had a son that wanted to play golf, I would show him nothing but videos of Seve Ballesteros. Mm -hmm. That's the only golfer. Seve, Chi-Chi Rodriguez, and then Tiger. Because I, I think Jack was a very mechanical guy, and Jack just never mm-hmm. got out of line. Because well, Jack lived, ate, and breathed golf. Arnold Palmer is another one I'd have him watch. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have him watch Hogan because Hogan was way too mechanical. But God, Hogan was good. I yeah.
7: mean, well, the thing is, they get on these these launch monitors, and it's all about numbers now, positions and numbers. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, you you watch you watch Lee Trevino swing a golf club, somebody who just has no idea, except they started watching golf 10 years ago, would be like, well, who, this, who's this hack?
1: Yeah. <laughs> look yeah, at that I mean, golf swing. Two-time U.S. Yeah. Open winner, Lee yeah. Trevino. What a hack.
7: Sets up 30 yards left and starts at 40 <laughs> yards right and hooks it in, and it's like, what?
1: Well, you remember how much shit... Look, I don't like Bubba Watson because he's a crybaby, but Bubba Watson is, is a, a big feel guy, but he's gone numbers, mm. and it's kind of fucked him up. And... Golf used and and you say the robotics. I The thing I miss the most are are Tigers fucking meltdowns. Mm. Because you played golf with me. And mm-hmm. you know that I have a tad bit of a temper. <laughs> to, to just put it mildly. I miss I that. S- I miss that on the golf course of watching tour players. Yeah. Because I, I you know why? Because I can relate to that. I know what it's like to hit a fucking terrible shot when you don't want to hit a terrible shot. And to let out a oh for fuck's sake.
7: Come well on. you gotta be careful what you say. Remember Justin Thomas lost one of his, his uh his big sponsors because he said the wrong word. I mean it's, it's the world we live in today. You gotta watch what you say.
1: Oh, uh, you know what though? If I'm a field player and doing that and I'm gonna be winning enough money to where I go with that company, fuck you. <laughs>
7: And then I think he kind of did, but I mean, it just goes to show you, it's like there, there, you know, there's a million cameras with, with phones and video and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's just such a different world and then the live the live thing those guys too again they what do they have really to play for the guys who were, i'm not saying the guy who didn't get 50 million to start but he's still going to get enough to live pretty comfortably if he comes in last and where really is the drive i know i saw i know everyone's going to say oh look bryce de look how driven he is and look that guy's kind of a nut but again he you know it's it's, 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 a, it's a different thing so much money and they're just giving all this money they have They'll never have to worry about it. Those guys on tour in the seventies, man, they had to bust their hump to provide for their family.
1: Well, it's like all athletes back then. I mean, we can say that about every sport there is. Think about, you know, you hear stories about, um, uh, how guys used to sell insurance or some guys worked at mm-hmm. Sears in the off season, mm-hmm. you know, not today. These guys are making no. hundreds of millions of dollars and, and they're spending all this money. They're not playing the game anymore. No, and,
7: and golf was the last, to me, was the last bastion of you had to earn it to, to make it. Now I got, they had, they, the, the big guys had tons of sponsor money, but like you had to truly earn it to earn a great living and it stopped in all these all these guaranteed contracts and you sign bonuses and you're getting paid for something you might do in all these other sports the golf was the last one and and in the last 10 years that's changed and and tiger really changed actually brought so much money into the game but it's i mean they don't it's just it's just different i'm not saying they're bad golfers are way better than i ever thought about being but it's just it's just different now
1: yeah it's like it seems like they're playing the game to get to that point that this is their their A to B to retirement like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And and golf is an enjoyable game when it's played well. It's a very very enjoyable game that nothing feels better than hitting a fucking crisp iron onto a green, or hitting right. hitting a huge drive, or or making that six foot footer to fucking just end your day, end your day, and end your friend's day because you whooped his ass. Yep. you know, I mean that's what golf used to be. And the professional level, it's just not there
7: anymore. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually follow the Corn Ferry Tour more, I think, than the PGA anymore. I know a kid who's been trying to make it on the Corn Ferry Tour. That kid.
1: You there? Hello? Hutch, you there? Oh, hold on a second. Wait a second. I'm supposed to have Bluetooth off right now. Hutch. turn that off turn off the wi-fi that's weird let me try that again let me call him back hello
7: yeah did you lose me
1: yeah i lost you there somehow i don't know what happened
7: yeah I don't know. who knows? It's cell phones.
1: Uh Swoosh says Scotty Shefford's winning anything he enters now. Uh someone needs to challenge him. I, I hell, I love it. I love it. He's a Texas guy. Fuck yeah. I'm well, Scotty Shefford's man.
7: I, and I love the goofy the goofy footwork because I mean any, any golfer teacher today would look at him and be like, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are your feet moving that much and you're that consistent? Yeah. But the guy is, although he's not playing too well this morning. <laughs>
1: Well, once again, no no drive-to. I mean, they, these guys aren't getting paid for this. This is kind of just, they could have the weekend off. I bet you a lot of them look at it that way.
7: Yeah. No, I know. It was, actually, Scheffler's playing good this match, but the first match he was not. But he's got one, two, three, four, five birdies today. So, in the second match, and they're and they're tied.
1: Mm, Jesus. I yeah, I know. He, those Euros yeah. are on fire. Um, no, I know.
7: What was it? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight birdies for that Nicholas Hogard, or whatever his name is. Wow um,
1: so, yeah. so, now speaking of money and things and we'll get into this we we haven't talked a lot about uh let's talk about last week or last weekend's college football the conversation that you and I had at the end of the Ohio State game. Jesus <laughs> you texted like, me you texted me out of nowhere. I hate this fucking coach. I hope he dies
7: yeah i'm not I'm not I've not been a huge fan of Ryan Day. Um and, and as typical Ohio State fans, we, we we're we're harder on our team than anybody else. But it was always like he could seem like he couldn't win the big one. And I know the big one was against great teams. I get it. But it always seemed like we came up short. And why? Because we weren't physical enough. And then we go into this game and it looks like the whole game I'm watching. I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is the worst offensive showing I've seen in I don't know how long. And then he runs that one yard jet sweep on fourth and one when it was it was six inches. I mean you run a quarterback sneak; it's ninety nine percent effective. And you run a jet sweep. I was done at that moment. And then, of course, they come back; they win because Notre Dame's ignorant and has ten guys on the field. And then my coach goes off and goes goes off on Lou Holtz.
1: Well, I mean, and it was just. <laughs> I, I watching the end of it, I was like, I, I don't know if Notre Dame can bounce back this week. I mean, that's a, that was one of the most gut wrenching. How do you allow that pass down to the two yard line?
7: Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and then when you have your last drive, how, how are you? How are you throwing a screen pass there? Yeah. Once you lost yardage on your first one, what does the textbook say? You run the ball. You run as much clock off. You make them use your timeouts, and the game would have been over.
1: uh Ogre says, "I'm a huge fan of Brian Day. He's let Michigan beat him twice. Go Blue! Oh boy. Yeah, yeah.
7: <laughs> hey, en- enjoy your two out of forty or whatever it is. So, so <laughs> um, you guys get about eight or nine more. It's not really a competition um, until then, but
1: um. So let's take a look at the college football. Are you okay right now with the college football polls? Do you think that Ohio State is warranted at four? No. Where do you think that? Okay, here's my other question: Is the Pac-12 as good as everybody wants to make them?
7: No. No. Washington's going to get exposed. USC has no defense. Oregon's really good. I did love the smackdown they put on Colorado, and it's not that I'm anti-Dion. I like Dion. He was a cowboy um but the the swagger and the smack those guys talked leading up to that game they deserved every ass kicking every minute of that ass kicking how, how um, long
1: how long until they're really good
7: colorado yeah a couple seasons he needs to get some some like he said he needs to get some dogs on that offensive line yep and then and then they'll be all right his son is his son is good i mean that quarterback is solid there's no doubt about it takes too many sacks but he's a good player they've got some talent there I think Dion's a great motivator. I think he's got good X's and O guys around him because he's not an X's and O guy. But he's a great motivator, mm-hmm. And I think, and they've got a lot of money. I mean, they need to quit putting rappers on the sideline and get a little more serious about it. But I, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, it's funny. You know, they've won. You know, the over-under was like three and a half games. And I'm thinking everyone after they won a couple, I was like, oh, see, so look how they disrespect. I'm like, what if they really only win three three games? Yeah. There's nothing saying they're going to win any more games the rest of the way. I mean, they very well might not.
1: Well, I, I've said I, I think they become bowl eligible this year. I, look, this team lacks depth, and it's showing now, especially when they play teams like Oregon, who beat the th- mm-hmm. fucking breaks off them. SC's going to beat the breaks off them. Oh yeah, they'll beat teams probably like Arizona State and Arizona because they suck. You know, yeah, I, mean- I mean,
7: should they? They absolutely should. But remember, everybody's going to be throwing their best shot at Dion now too. I mean, look well, at Colorado State, they're god awful.
1: Yeah,
7: and they and they and they, they really should have won that game.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right about that.
7: So um, it'll be interesting to see if because you know Arizona State played pretty decent against USC, but yeah, I mean you should beat Stanford. You should beat Arizona. I mean, there's some teams you should beat, but
1: fuck Stanford, you know, lost to Sac State.
7: I know. Jesus.
1: I, know. I mean, yeah. If you don't beat Stanford, Dion, you you might be in trouble, pal. Um, <sighs> right now, uh. Who do you think the best team in the
7: country is? Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to go against Georgia until someone beats them. Right. Um, just, and, you know, I know you're not supposed to take last year into account, but uh, they're they're just they're solid on both sides of the football. Um, USC has a terrible defense, but when you've got Caleb Williams and you've got an offensive guru like that, you're going to score fifty or sixty against most teams. You can probably outscore them. I mean, Oklahoma. Has done that over for years. Did that under Lincoln Raleigh. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not going to win a national championship, but you're going to be right there because you can outscore everybody. Uh, Michigan, as much as I hate to say it, is looks really, really good in the trenches. And if they can keep, if they can keep that that kid uh, that quarterback from throwing three picks again, um, they're going to be right there at the end. I mean, Ohio State's probably going to get beat by them this year, as much as I hate to say it. But again, they're going to run it right down our throat. So, I mean, there's definitely some good teams, but there's ten teams really that could, that could get on a run and make it all the way. I think, I don't think there's that one, like Georgia last year, last couple of years was that one team that you were just like, they're going to beat everybody pretty much no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you've got, I don't think that team's out there.
1: Uh, That team will be out there and they'll be showing themselves after next week when the nation really starts (laughs) to respect us. Because I noticed there was one team that you didn't mention. You mentioned, (laughs) you mentioned your, your most hated rival, Michigan. But you don't mention the four and O Texas Longhorns who are stomping mud holes and walking them dry. I mean, I mean, we play Kansas. We play a ranked team this week at least. We're gonna beat Indeed. the shit out of Kansas. I mean, it's yeah. Kansas. <laughs>
7: No, well, you know, I was leaving them off on purpose. But no, they're they're obviously solid, both sides of the ball. The best defensive guys I've seen uh, top to bottom that I've seen wow. in a while. And you've got oh, a good wow. and you've got a quarterback that, that should have went to your school was gonna go to your school anyways and only went to Ohio State to get that million dollars of NIL money early mm-hmm. and then he transferred like I knew he would right back to Texas. And he's a good he's a great quarterback. So I think you guys are gonna be right there at the end too. I mean, you're a top you're a top five team. No there's no doubt about yeah. it. You probably put you guys on the field with any other team and there's a there's a good chance you're going to beat
1: them. Um, the NIL stuff. How much longer do you think that's going to be a deal?
7: I have a feeling that the unfortunately the government's going to get involved at some point because you're going to start seeing a lot of these kids get in trouble. They already have the tax the tax collector at the end of the year because they don't have people around them that are they're advising them in, um, in the right ways, and these guys are taking all this money and. You know, that 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 goes to the Colorado thing where you got the kid talking about, "Do I want to buy the Bentley or the freaking Rolls Royce or whatever?" And he's Mm -hmm. walking around with his fifty thousand dollar watch, showing it to everybody, and it's just like, you know, everyone talked about. Oh, we need to get these guys paid because they don't have enough money for food. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was never that was never the case. I went to a school that had a football team, and they that guy ate better than anybody. Those guys ate better than anybody there.
0: Oh, yeah, you, you guys know, the wanted them to get paid cafeteria. because there
7: was money for everyone else to make too, and so it's all about everybody making money. So now we're giving these kids ungodly amounts of money, and I'm, I'm not, I'm a capitalist. I'm not against anybody making as much money as they can. But you're throwing this is no, there's a reason the NBA stopped letting high school kids come in for a while because those kids were coming in and getting all that money and getting in all sorts of trouble because they don't have the right people around them. And these college kids don't have the right people around them.
1: You're, you're, you and, and the, the player you were talking about at Colorado was Shador Sanders. You would think that mm-hmm. his dad will have the right people handling the NIL money. Get and and, and he
7: he very well might, you know, but again, you give these young kids this kind of money and they start acting a fool. Well,
1: he's he's uh, going to make $4 you know, million dollars this year alone. He's going to yeah. make $4 million. We're, we're talking about a kid who lives on a college campus making $4 million. Of course, he's going to go out and buy a fucking Rolls Royce pa- Phantom. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. he? He doesn't have a house to pay for. He doesn't have a family to take care of yet. I mean... But you're right about putting the right people around him. Um, all right, I've I, I've saved the 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 quote unquote best for last, and let's talk about our beloved Dallas Cowboys, shall we?
7: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Um, I, all I have to ask is what the actual fuck. I, I I mean, watching this team play the first week, I got all excited because the defense was so good.
7: Oh God, they looked good and, both and, weeks, and, other than one play against the Jets. Yeah, it looked dominant.
1: I mean, I mean, watching this defense play, I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Oh my God, this is doomsday again." Okay, now I'm not going to blame them solely for for what happened last week to Arizona. They they bear a huge responsibility in it. But the one caveat that I've seen week one, week two, and now week three is the lack of play. By number four, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the, the we should have beat the we could have put seventy on the Jets, but we kept kicking field goals.
7: Yeah, I, I think there's a combination there. One, like you've always said, he's not he's not the he's not the guy. Now, I love his heart. I love I love that part about him, but he doesn't have the skill set. And then when you got, and then the, the play calling has changed. They do this kind of West Coast offensive thing now, and I mean, we go out and we sign Brandon Cooks, and the guys barely sniff the golf, the, the very barely sniff the football. I mean, what are you doing? You got to get these guys in space and get them the ball. And I don't like the scheme we're running. Um, and and Dax just not. I mean, okay, he's not throwing eighteen interceptions. That's great, but he's also not throwing the ball downfield.
1: Well, uh, I mean. Like, watching last week, he had time a few times to throw the ball downfield. I don't think he can read a defense anymore. I, I honestly yeah. don't think he can because he has so much time back there, and then he runs for it, and he's got – look, I'll give him – he has heart. Uh, he's a pussy because he got fucking knocked out to get a tattoo done. That, that's I did a, see that. That's very vagina-esque. Um, we got this running back named Rico something, Rico Dowdle or something. Yeah. That dude's a stud. I don't know why he's not, and and I love Tony Pollard, don't get me wrong, but this defense is going to get fucking, it's going to get tired because Dak is the shits, and there's nothing to help us replace him.
7: No, there's no, hey, Trey Lance, what are you talking about?
1: Fuck, I would take Tom Brady. If Tom Brady said I'm going to come out of retirement for the Cowboys, (laughs) I'd sign his ass. Come on, Tom.
7: We're, you know, I'm, I'm finally buying into that hype that we, we, we're never gonna win anything as long as he's there at quarterback. He's, he's fine. He's serviceable. He is a top fifteen quarterback. But when you have a defense like that, you need to, you need to give yourself someone who can make plays. And he just has not made any plays. It's just as as simple as that. He has made no plays.
1: And let's, I want to talk real quick how dominant this offense outside of Dak Prescott is. They had two offensive linemen that were brand new that have never started in the NFL last week who played, and they got the ball in the red zone six times.
0: Yeah.
1: That's, that's yeah. six times. That equals 42 points if you can do math. Yeah. That's 40. We would have won the game easy. Yeah. You put 42 on the board with that Cowboys defense, you're going to win every fucking game. I, I mean, even I- against the Dolphins.
7: No, I, I know. I He I just sees it, especially when you get down to the red zone. It's like he doesn't either guy. And I haven't, I don't get the angles of the tape to see, you know, I don't know if guys aren't getting open or he's just not seeing them open. You know They've shown a lot of video of that uh, the former Ohio State Buckeye who plays for the Bears, how he's got guys running wide open and he doesn't see them. Is that happening, or is the guy just not getting open? I don't know what it is. Is he not changing the play at the line of scrimmage and putting them in the right? Is he changing it, kill, kill, and they're getting the wrong play? And I don't know what it is, but it seems like nobody's open and he's not hitting anybody. Yeah. Anytime he throws into a tight window, it's incomplete or it's interception.
1: And, and, that in, and the interception he threw last week in the end zone was just fucking terrible.
7: Yeah, it was awful. Triple coverage. Someone had to be open. Three dudes were on that guy. Yeah, Somebody was open.
1: Uh, inconvenient truth. Jerry knows Dak will never win, but keeps him there, puts the team in the headlines, and feeds Jerry's ego. Jerry Jones is the biggest problem with the Dallas Cowboys, correct?
7: Yeah, because he cares about money. He's won this. Yeah, would he love to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. But, you know, at the end of the day, they sell more merchandise. He makes he he, he makes just crap loads of money and anything that can keep his team in the, in the name, you know, right in the headlines, he's going to be a happy, he's going to be a happy guy. Otherwise he would have canned guys long time ago.
1: Let me, let me ask you this question. um, Cause I don't know. I, I know that the NBA is in bed with China. Um, yep. Is the NFL in bed with China? And because that'll lead to something I want to talk to you about with Jerry Jones.
7: You know, I don't, I, I don't know if, if they're, they're going to be in bed with whoever's giving them money.
1: OK, the, if the, that's re-
7: if that's the Saudis, if that's the Chinese, if they figure out if they can figure out a way to get the, the NFL big over in China and have been a billion people watching it, then guess what? They're going to kowtow to him just like the NBA did.
1: Well, and I think that it sadly, that's what it'll take for Jerry to put a winner on the field, because in China, they don't revere players that don't win championships. <laughs> they, they, they don't like for the longest time, Kobe couldn't get any money there because fucking Jordan was still taking all the money. Yeah. And the same thing will happen. If the Dallas they want winners. Yeah, and and they respect winners like we used to. But we mm-hmm. don't anymore for some reason because winning is bad. Everybody has to get a trophy. Um That's right, man. All right, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat here. Okay. You are the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys in the offseason. Another wonderful 12-4 campaign. We're bounced out of the playoffs. Let's say we make it to the, the the NFC Championship. Let's just laugh and guffaw at that. And the Niners fucking beat the Brakes office. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the general manager for the Dallas Cowboys offseason. First move.
7: First move. Well... Probably I'd get rid of Mike McCarthy. Cause I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be a winning coach for us. I, 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 I'd start there. And the next thing I would not extend Dak. I'd, I'd cut him. I would, I don't know what the cap considerations are, but I would definitely, cause they're talking about how they have to extend him this year. Well, no, you don't.
1: No, I, and I, I would, I hear I, I would not time.
7: make him one of the top five paid quarterbacks. There's no, no way in hell. I would definitely not do that.
1: Um, I, li- I like the first one. And and you got to follow a little bit of history of the NFL here. You know, no coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two teams.
7: He just, you know, McCarthy, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers back there. He had Aaron Rodgers and he could barely get it done. Right. Now he's got Dak and there's no way he's getting it done.
1: All right. So you fire Mark Mike McCarthy. Um, and, and, and move two was something with Dak. Let's say you can cut Dak and it doesn't kill us in the cap. So we've cut cap. Um,
7: who do you hire as coach? Well, in that situation, if you want to keep your defensive guy, you're probably going to have to elevate him to the head coach. And again, I'm not, I'm not in love with that either. I, I want, I want them to go out and find the best guy. I don't oh. know who that best guy is. I do. Is it Lincoln? Is it Lincoln Riley? No. Is it who, who do you think is the best guy?
1: John Gruden. John, you think, they would, you Gruden. think they'd bring him back? No, I, I don't think the NFL would let him, but since I got yeah. Jerry back in me, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing Chucky to Dallas, baby.
7: I'd, I'd take John Gruden any day of the week.
1: And then, um, all right, so uh, we'll have a middle-of-the-road draft. Oh, you know what? This would I, okay, so, so anything else that you would do? What would you do in the draft? Because I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do if, if I'm the GM. Because I like your first move the best.
7: Um, I mean, there's no way you're probably not going to be able to get a top flight quarterback unless you, I mean, I guess if someone was dumb enough to let you go up and get Caleb Williams and, and give three number ones for him or something like that, you could do that. Um, but they're probably going to end up being like the 25th pick. They're going to take some linemen or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if you got the 25th pick, I'm going to try and move up okay. and, uh, you know, cause I'm, give them the sixth, fifth, fourth round, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've done a good job and they've got some good guys in, in the mid rounds. But you need, you need, you need, I mean, you need a quarterback, man. If you don't get a quarterback, you can get Chucky all you want. You're not going to do anything with that. You're not going to Trey Lance.
1: No, no. See, this is what I would do. The first thing I would do is I, I would definitely be at the combines. I'm not going to go after Caleb Williams because he's not going to be a good pro quarterback because he likes to run too much. And, and this blueprint, can, can we just say goodbye to this blueprint? It's not working in Carolina. It's not working in Chicago. It's not working where any of these guys are run-first quarterbacks or pass-option quarterbacks. Mm. You know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't buy The system doesn't work. It's like running the wishbone in the NFL. You can't do it <laughs> because the defense is too fast. You get away with it in college because you play slower defenses. It's and, not and rocket your, science. Your
7: quarterback can't get hit that much either. Yes. Lamar Jackson's proof of that. He keeps getting hurt.
1: And Lamar Jackson is one of the most overrated players I've ever seen get that much money. Honestly, so I go to the combine and I look for a quarterback. I look for somebody like a Brock Purdy. I look for somebody who's a pocket passer who can run if he has to. I don't Mm -hmm. want somebody who's dead in the pocket back there like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. I mean, unless I get the the reincarnation of those two guys. If they went to a lab and they created a super child, then I would draft that child immediately and, and hone his skills into being the greatest quarterback ever. But I'm going to get a quarterback. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that number four, fella, and I'm going to offer a trade to a team. And I'm going to say we'll trade you him and our first-round pick and our second and our fourth and fourth and fourth and fourth for your top five pick. And I'm going to take one of those quarterbacks. And with John Gruden fucking right there at the beginning, yeah, it's going to be tough a couple years. But let me just tell you, the word dynasty will come back into flavor.
7: Hey, dude, I would take that in a heartbeat, man.
1: But they don't want me. I mean, I, 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 I go to their facility all the time, and they, they ask me to leave. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's getting embarrassing. I mean, I mean, I had to suffer through it at Texas for a while, and then Sark finally got it. But, you yeah. know. Huh. Well, Hutch, I'm going to let you go, buddy, but I, I want to say thank you so much uh, for, your, for your time and talking on the show. It's always great to talk to you, my friend.
7: Yeah, i love to talk to you, my man, and, and I'm happy for all your success, brother.
1: All right, pal, you have a great day, buddy. Uh, that is my man Hutch living in Montana. Talked politics, did all kinds of stuff. Second half of the show coming up next.
4: I've seen men look at her before and they think I don't see I'd like to think it makes me proud But I'm only fooling me I know she'll be looking back The minute I'm not there While she pours herself out some stranger I poured myself a drink somewhere She's acting singin' If I ask who that stranger was, she'll just say an old friend. I'm not weak, I tell myself, I stay because I'm strong. The truth is I'm
2: ALL THAT I COULD DO TO KEEP FROM CRYING Call me Waylon Jenny After reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song, and I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. God Give the shirt right off of my back. If I had the guts to say, Take this job and shove it. I'm gonna blow my top and that sucker, he's gonna pay. Lord, I can't wait to see their faces when I get the nerve to say, "Take this job and shove it! I ain't working here no more." My woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not.
6: shoved. F-A-N-S,
1: uh, welcome back to the big show here on a Friday. Thanks again to my man Hutch uh, for uh, being a part of the show today, talking a lot of politics. We got to talk some sports and things like that. It was a good time. I don't, I, I don't let you in into the method of the madness that goes on in this show a lot. But there is a lot of thought put into things that are played on this show each and every day. And especially the music. You can think sometimes that, oh, he's just putting shit together. And, and there's a method to my madness. Of course, the pre-show show songs today were all about Friday since it's Friday. Then I was in a country mood and as we always do country songs. But the last country song I played there is an old classic by Johnny Paycheck. Um, That I, I, it's a fun song to hear every now and then, and I don't play it very often. But I played that today in honor of a dear friend of mine, uh, a guy by the name of Pat Martin. Pat Martin, whose last day in radio is today. Uh, During the break there, I I streamed some of his show and he was talking about, and he used to love to talk about this, was Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And he was doing the big build up on their show, which they're playing in the Golden One Center, December first and se- or December first and second, I believe, two shows each day. Pat goes into detail about people that are in the band and stuff like that. And that's what <clears throat> thank you, Scott, that Diane Feinstein died. Whoa. Um, but I, I gotta say, um boy, I <sighs> radio is gonna miss out a lot because simply for- If you know anything about me, I only. Uh, that, that right there never gets played. That's the highest compliment I can pay to anyone, especially in the radio business, because I believe that I. That So today is Pat Martin's last day on the airwaves at the Eagle in Sacramento. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I don't care. It's radio. Uh, I used to care a lot about what happened in that building because I was a part of that building. I built up a lot that's in that building. Uh, and it, they, it has been torn down brick by brick, fucking stone by stone. I don't recognize it anymore. It probably would never recognize me. But I will say this about Pat Barton. When we first came to Sacramento, we were replacing a show called The Rise Guys. And The Rise Guys was a very, very popular show for a while. And it was a very popular show inside the building as well. And then the building is told they have to hire these three fresh faces. I think only one of us was 30 maybe at the time. I, 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 I No, yeah, only one of us. We're, we're, and we're going to replace this show. And to say that we got a cold shoulder from the sales staff is an understatement. The promotion staff wasn't too bad, but mm, there was one person who truly, truly welcomed us, and it was Pat Martin. Uh, Aside from the GM and the, the program director, it was Pat. Pat came in. Pat had us over to his house, and he welcomed us as a part of the team. Now, always stood out to me. And Pat's wife, Monica, is also in the radio business. She's a fucking superstar as well. I'll say it, she's the greatest female disc jockey who's ever lived. Pat was always... <laughs> one of my favorite times of day a because it meant i was done with the show was when we would do our daily crossover with pat and that was my time to fuck with pat and and we all kind of did fuck with pat when it came to shit because pat was a little bit older than we were he wasn't naive pat was still cool see the thing with cool the thing about pat was he might have been old but nobody was cooler than pat nobody ever Dog shit jerk off. They tried to think that they were cooler than Pat. I knew I wasn't cooler than Pat, and I was the Fonzie of the building. So that meant like like he was the Emperor Fonzie. Um, never saw get Pat ever get mad. I saw him get flustered a few few times. And the thing about Pat that made Pat so awesome is that he would love to have me come in during his show. Like, if I was stopping back at the building or something and I'd, I'd walk by his building, I'd always wave at him. He'd be like, come on in, come on in. And he'd put me on during the break, and we we would just chit-chat about stuff. And it was so much fun. Uh, he goes, a big weekend plans for you? I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I And, and I, quoted, I quoted the song... <laughs> And I totally stole this from uh, from what you call it uh, from from Friends, and I, I admit it. Um, I, I was gonna do a little dance. I, 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 how's the, how's the fucking words go? Damn it! Here. Oh, oh, wow. that we like here we do. go. Oh, do a dance. A so he asked me. He goes, "What are you doing this week?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna do a little dance." Maybe make a little love. You know, I was going to get down tonight. And he just died laughing. He thought it was a funny. And he he would t- he talked about that for like a week. And, and we, we did that. And, and I loved, I loved any time I got to interact with Pat, whether it was live shows and things like this. My favorite aspect about Pat Martin, as a pro's pro. And he was like number two guy in charge. And I remember the first big show that that we worked together was a 98 Rock Jamboree. This is our first big test in the Sacramento market. We've been here for about two months now. And you were throwing us out to the Wolves. And the Wolves hated us at first. And they threw us out there. And and I remember being backstage. I remember getting to, to Hornet Stadium because that was the year that Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock headlined Jamboree. I mean, and it was it was an awesome day. I think Seven Dust was there. A couple Sacramento bands were there. I mean, it was it was awesome. And I'll never forget, like being in the backstage area where, and I and the the lineup of the station was us in the morning, and then it was Pat Martin, then we had this fellow named Hook. And his name was Hook because he had a prosthetic hand. Hook was, uh, to say an angry fella is an understatement. Hook was quite the angry fella. But we had Hook and then uh, uh, Kylie, uh, I forget what Kylie's name was at night, but her name was Kylie, and she was just ugly, and she had doll hair. Boy, but she had a crush on Scab. I think Scab probably hit that. That's just gross. Kylie Brooks, that's her name. Super nice gal, but just annoying as shit. I remember Pat back there, and and the Prince of Programming came and he addressed us and let us know that today's a work day, you know, no getting hammered, no, you know, things like that. And I was like, okay, no problem. I don't drink anymore, so no problem. <laughs> Kylie Brooks, what a scallywag! Yeah, that's a good call, Ogre. And the Prince of Programming, Curtis, he walked off. And then Pat, who's second in charge, who everybody's looking up to, because Pat knows like all the band managers and he knows everybody and he gets everything moving right. And and this is in 1999 or 2000. It, what, what, right? Yeah, I think it's 1999. Pat co- looks at us and he goes, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to be the first person to say fuck on the stage today. And nobody's stopping me. And he walked off. And I just started laughing. I was like, wait a second. We can say fuck on stage here? Everybody's like, yeah. I was like, oh, boy. And uh <laughs> I, I, I like I said, working with Pat was great. And then I remember, uh, every once in a while I was asked to be a representative of the morning show at, at different shows. And my thing was, I, I never got paid for it and I did not want any money for it, but if I'm gonna ha- if I got be there, then you're gonna let me bring the band on. I'm going on stage, right? And this was before bands had all these, you know, these these videos they played, and you got to bring the band on stage. And it was really kick-ass. And I'll never forget, I hadn't been to a concert in a while. I hadn't worked a concert in a while, and uh, they asked me, they said, hey, would you mind going to the Corn Disturbed show and bringing on Corn or Disturbed? I, I, I think we brought on Disturbed. I was like, no, no problem. I think they let dog shit and jerk off bring on corn. And by the way, they got booed. Did did I say that they got booed? They got booed. I got cheered. But but this is this is my this is one of my all time favorite stories to tell, and it involves Pat. I'll never forget. I got to this show, and I hadn't been to a show in a while, and I never ever sat on the floor because I was a target. I would never get in a mosh pit. I would sit up high because that was the only place to hear anything good at Arco, back in the days of Arco, because the acoustics, there sucked, unless you sat way up high. So I was sat up way up high. So I remember I was coming down because they, 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 like, texted me or something, said, hey, we're ready for you in about 15 minutes. I said, okay. So I, I'm coming down, and I, I, I'm getting stopped. People are shaking my hands and stuff. I'm like, hey, how you doing? This gal comes up to me, and she is busted open. Literally, somebody has beat the polywop out of her, and she's like, no, nah, I'm just in the mosh pit, and she's, like, putting her teeth back in. I'm like, oh, my God, where the fuck am I? So uh, so I get backstage, and they're like, you're going to come on with Pat. And I said, fucking awesome. Pat looks at me He goes, I'm going to say fuck first. I'm like, I'm sure you will. And, of course, Pat comes out there and, fucking Mento, what's up? And this was after a, a huge event had happened on our show. And Pat did this, and I will always love Pat for this. The huge event was there was a Monday Night Raw in Sacramento. Um, and if you look back on it, it, it's the one where Kurt Angle drove the, the milk truck into the ring. And you can see me. I'm in the second row in a big white shirt and a white hat. I'm wearing a a, a white, probably Arnie shirt with a Texas hat on. Because back then, that's all I would wear is Texas hats. Now, I only wear A hats. See 4t5printing.com. See my hat today. T-shirt time. So I'm sitting there, right? And I get a call during that event from Tommy. He's like, hey, man. I was like, what's up, buddy? He goes, goes, did you see your sign? I said, I have a sign there. He's like, yeah, it was on TV, and I was recording Raw anyway. I said, when did it go up? He goes, it went up about 10 minutes ago, and I looked on my watch, and I was like, okay, I know where to fast forward to. And that's where the first sign was, because everybody was saying Mick Foley is God. Mick Foley is God. Well, somebody in the audience had a sign, and it said, Arnie is God, and it made national television. To where my best friend in Texas calls me and says, holy shit, there's an Arnie is God sign. Of course, I go home, I fast forward to it, I see it, and I'm, I'm just in hysterics. I'm like, this is great, right? Next day, we go on the air, we talk about it. We almost had convinced somebody to get it tattooed on their forehead The letters AIG. And it's it stuck ever since then. We still use it to this day, the AIG. The AIG T-shirt was our greatest selling T-shirt of all time. Now, getting back to Pat Martin. This is about a week or two later after all that happened. Pat looks at me and goes, you know what? I think these people need to cheer your name. And I said, huh? And he goes, all right, everybody, let's go. Arnie is God. Arnie is. And the entire arena. 15,000 people are chanting Arnie is God all because Pat Martin led them into it. And it was it was it was one of those moments where it's just like I, I was just like, this is too much. That was the greatest thing ever. And, and no ever look I almost got into a fight with the Guy's the system of a down on stage that, that, that so replaces it because Pat was just so fucking good. But my favorite Pat Martin story, and I hope I'm not boring y'all with these stories of Pat Martin in our days together, Uh, but it is a tribute to a man who I admire greatly, who who did so much for the community. This is the other thing about Pat, is that Pat did so much, especially for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. He raised so much money for them, and he got us involved with them, and it was a great partnership. Nobody knows about all those little things that Pat does. The last after, one of the last aftershocks I ever worked, Pat was there, and Pat was making sure that all the fucking bands came down that, uh, that said they'd come down. I got two more Pat stories for you. And, and this, is, this is the one where I knew I'd made it in, in Pat's eyes, and I knew I made it already a long time before. But it's when Chino from the Deftones, and you can like or hate the Deftones all you want. I don't care. Chino from the Deftones came down, and Pat interviewed him. And I was standing there making sure nobody, you know, rushed it or whatever and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he and Pat are getting along great, and he's known Pat his whole life. No, PM didn't die. He's just retiring today. B Coop says, I got the boo dog shit at OzFest. It was great. He's such a fag. No, I'm not, I, I know I'm talking like, but but he's he, no longer on radio. Um, so I remember Pat gets up, the interview's over, they hug each other, and uh, the station manager, the ugly shirted station manager, he's like, hey, can we get a picture, can we get a picture? And as Chino's walking by, I said, hey, t- I'll tell Chris Payne, You he said, hey, because he and Chris Payne know each other, and they're friendly, uh, at least they used to be. And they kind of look like one another. And Chris is a huge Deftones fan, and he left. The, the whole story is just Chris being Chris. And he shook my hand, and he kind of looked at me and said, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And he walks off, right? Didn't really blow me off, but was, he was a rock star, and I was just somebody standing there mentioning Chris to me. And as I walk back behind the tent, Pat goes, hey, can we get Arnie in the picture? And Chino looks at Pat, and he goes, holy shit, Arnie's here? And I heard it, which I'm the wrong person for that to be heard by. And I'm like, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> and the look on Pat's face when he said, holy shit, Arnie's here, and the look on our station manager's face, they were like, oh, my God, he is that. And I and I walked up. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know. I was like, hey. He goes, me and my son, we listened to you. I think you brought my son's band on, but we used to listen to you when I was recording this. It, would you mind if I got a picture with you? And I just started laughing. I was like, no, I, I don't mind that at all. And he's flipping around with the phones, and he goes, "He goes, God, I hate when people do this, but now I understand. And it was one of the coolest things, and it happened right in front of Pat. But my favorite Pat story, that's the same aftershock. I got to finally meet you, uh, and that's the profile picture. Yes, yes, it was. That was a great aftershock. By the way, big ass fan, I know that you've been trying to log on, and I blocked you the other day. Uh, I need to see you here in the, the listener contents that I get. If I don't see you on there, I can't unblock you. So I'm I'm looking for you. I keep checking, uh, but you keep up the good work, my friend. Um, I just saw Scott's note about uh, Diane Feinstein dead. I'm going to say is finally, and maybe in a few others, die in the country might have a chance yet. Yeah. So. Uh, Pat used to hold these parties. They're kind of like, you know, staff gatherings, uh, you, you, these these hey, let's all get along things. You know, hey, we're all a team here. And uh, he had us over to his house. Pat has a lovely house, beautiful house, right? He's having tri-tip, all this food and stuff right there. And it was important he he said he even went to the leader of our show and said, "Hey, it's important that I have you guys there." I didn't really want to go, but I was like, okay, I'll go to Pat's, eat some free food, whatever. I said, is he going to have the game on? Because USC was playing Ohio State. I'll never forget that. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll have that game. I'm like, cool. So the staff showed up, dog shit, jerk off, in which we didn't hang out with them. We were in the backyard most of the night. Um, I think that was before Mikey and Pat was a midday guy, so I don't know who the night person was. I don't know. if I think it was that Lee girl whoever Lee was on the show, she came over. But also, the band Tesla came over. Because Pat is very good friends with the band Tesla. And Pat will tell you that he's very good friends with the band Tesla. Now, we had a little shtick on the show. And yes, this was a shtick, this was not a segment. We didn't care much for Tesla. Now now, truth be told, I don't care I I, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way to disparage them unless I was you know playing a role on the show. and I'm not ever gonna go see them in concert because their music is I understand a lot of people like it and I'm not knocking them. It's just they're Tesla and and they're like Sacramento's big rock band. I'm like, wait, wait, what, didn't what Night Ranger from Sacramento too? So we used to have this shtick on the show where, where, where the Sal, where we would say something bad. We would say something awful about about Tesla, and of course, that was her defending them. And it was it was a shtick. We didn't really mean that they were, like, worse than abortion. I think that's something I might have said. And, you know, back 20 years ago, that was pretty bad. Well, I went to a strip club in Rancho, uh, Cambodia, and the lead singer from Tesla was the DJ. His voice was very high-pitched and sucked. I used to love Tesla in high school, but then grew out of hair metal and rocky Rock and roll, yeah, yeah, squeedy, wee shit. I look back and think they're kind of awful. But but, but see, <laughs> we were ahead of our time. And people in Sacramento hated us because we used to shit all over Tesla. And, I mean, it was a fun shtick because we got to be as cruel as we wanted because the Prince of Programming really didn't like them either. But they were Pat's friends. So Pat invited them over to the house. Well, here's the thing. Pat knew it was a shtick. Pat knew that we didn't really care. But he never let his friends in on it. And Tesla showed up at the house, and like three members of the band, I I don't know, Frank something, I, I don't know the members of the band. Lead singer was there, I remember seeing him, and he kept giving me a fucking dirty look. I'm like, Boy, I, I fucking shoot snot rockets out of my nose bigger than you. He keeps giving me looks and then there's there's another guy inside and I'll never forget this. They're fucking just trying to hammer us. And we're just having fun. We're I'm there for the barbecue. And 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 they're just getting mean but but they're nice to they're, they're nice to cuz they keep saying that, that that she liked, and 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 then she one time she goes, "Well, I I said I used to like you." That was the last straw. Pat's like, hey, Artie, the game's on. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went in and watched the game. Um, I was in Tesla minute a video many moons ago. Uh, my first concert was actually Tesla. It was a video shoot for The Way It Is. You had to donate canned food to get in and be in the crowd. That's cool. Arnie, you were the one that came up with bad no, I was not. No, that was not me. Uh, that was not my segment. I did not invent that one. Um, it's kind of true how funny you now Rancho Cordova is much better than Sacramento. There's so much cleaner and better run. <laughs> so I'll never forget the, the part that pretty much ended the night for us is that one of these members of Tesla was showing off, and this is back when the iPhones were brand new. That's how long ago this is. He's like, yeah, I've got the new iPhone. Check this out. And he's showing us, like, these, these text messages and things. And I, and, and, and I just look at and I completely ruined his vibe. I look at him, and he's telling me all the, the great things about it. You remember back then... You had the iPhone. iPhone people were like CrossFit people. The first rule is tell everybody that you're an iPhone fan. Just like CrossFit, the first rule of CrossFit is tell everybody you do CrossFit. And he's showing me all this stuff, and it's not computing me, and I don't care. I really had to, t- I, I'm, I'm like, and and instead of me going, ooh, wow, that's cool. I just go, but isn't it just a phone? Because, you see, they had rubbed me the wrong way outside, and I was like, well, it's time to start rubbing back. And, and by the way, I'm watching the game, and he has talked about this fucking iPhone for at least 40 fucking straight minutes. He's talking to the, the prince of programming who's there to probably make sure nobody fucking squabbles. Finally, I get up to get something to eat, and he's like, hey, did you uh, did you happen to see, did you want to see my iPhone? I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, it's just a phone, right? And he's like, it, it, he just he just kind of like walked away. I was like, well, I guess it's time for us to go. But Pat never ever let them in on the shtick. That's how much of a pro Pat was. I love Pat. But there you go. There's my there's my tribute to the one and only Pat Martin. There you go. Pat Martin, everybody. Oh, gosh. Those were the days. Man, we used to have some fun back in those days, I tell you. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's see. What do I want to do? Oh, did anybody watch it? Did anybody watch The Golden Bachelor? Anybody watch this show? This is the new grossest show on TV. Wow. Well, this guy's daughters are fucking ugly. Yikes. Golden Bachelor star Gary Turner. Now, if you don't know what this is, and I got a lot of questions here about this here show. This is a man who's 71 years old, and he's going to TV looking for love. He should be fucking looking for a damn new hip. He's 71. So this is a show where they roll out a bunch of gals, and he gets to choose from them. I did not, I, I, I thought I had it set to record, but I guess I don't. Not that I want to see this. I don't, I don't want to see a bunch of old people bumping uglies. And this motherfucker ain't never got to wear a condom. I mean, he's got that going for him. But he's on the show, and he says, well, I broke one of the promises already that I made to my four ugly daughters. Oof. I promised I would not kiss anyone on night one. Well. I guess he kissed one. It'll be on Hulu today. I'm afraid to watch it because now, see, what happens? You know how they have them shows, Bachelor in Paradise, for all the people that get voted off the island? You know, the ones that don't get the roses? I mean, what's he giving out? Like cans of Ensure? Yeah, will you stay with me? You're going to need this. This will help your bone density. Oh, this I'm telling you right now, this is an advertiser's dream, this show. Oh, my God. You can sell fucking diapers. You can sell adult diapers. Ensure that weird yogurt that Jamie Lee Curtis used to always take and talk about taking poops. Oh, my God. The sponsors are lining up for this show. The hurricane the them 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 chairs that push you up. Oh, I'm telling you right now, ABC, I don't even I don't even think this show needs to be on for like three minutes at a time. You can roll out a nine minute commercial block. And I'm telling you right now, if the fucking villages in Florida isn't an advertiser on this show, I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe it'll be the chick shitting herself on Flavor of Love, but on this show, it's just another day at the office. Oh, the product placement could be wonderful. Oh, Grace, did you soil yourself? Well, here, here's some Depends, as they both look at the camera. So here's my question I got. So those people that they kick off, they, they go to the all-star show, and then they go to, you know, Bachelor in Paradise, Are they going to be sending them old gals on this now? I mean, because they they, they like to mix up the bachelor and the bachelorette. So why not send the old gals down there in their 1920 types, you know, fucking bathing suits? Uh, Pardon me. Can you help me on with my swim cap? (laughs) If any of you watch Amazing Race on CBS, my cousin and his wife are on this season. Oh, that's cool. And here's Tom Selleck to talk to you about reverse mortgages. Oh my God, the 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 99 a month insurance plan. Oh, if I'm an if I'm an ad exec for ABC right now, I have bought a new home in the Hamptons. I'm driving a Rolls Royce Phantom. I'm sorry, I'm not driving it. My driver is because I just sold so much advertising. They could do a Golden Cougar version. Oh, I'm telling you right now, they better do the old bachelorette. Uh, I wanna see I wanna see how many fucking of these guys there are out there that look as good this guy's seventy-one, he looks better than me. <laughs> Amazing race sounds like propaganda for white supremacy. You've seen through it. Can you imagine one of the guys getting out of the limo in a walker? He's in a walker and he's wearing his fucking his old fucking marine cap. The VFW logo on there. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Those guys are proud men. Well, I got shot down in Korea, but boy, I can still fuck. See, that's the thing about the old guys, and I don't think this is why I don't think. They're going to do a bachelorette because them old guys, it, it, look, look, old guys don't know how to talk in public. They don't. Take it from me, who had a father who was in his 70s, who I love to go out in public with, but they cannot talk in public anymore. Oh, can you imagine one of these guys spouting off the word Chinaman? God forbid, God forbid he'd be like, oh, I didn't know the gal was colored. (laughs) I don't even want this to be a show. I want this to be a show that I write. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, this would be so fantastic. So Joe Murphy is auditioning for the show when? Oh, he would have to be one of the bachelors. Could you imagine Joe Murphy on a dating show? Viagra could be a sponsor. Oh, absolutely. All those products for, like, moisturizing down there. Fucking KY is a giant sponsor. I think if you get the, I I don't know which one can make more money, the old guy version or the old lady version. See, I don't want to watch it now because I've made it way better than it already is. I've made it to where 58 million people a week would watch this show to see what old, old curly from the military has to say about ethnics this week. Dingy dong, a ringy dong, chingy chong <laughs> Chu Just picture Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Uh, the, my father. My father at 71 years old could not be on this show. Hey Arn. Hey Arn, I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try out for this bachelor show. i I'd be like, no, you're not. Dad, I will lose my job if you get on that show. You wouldn't see a picture of my dad in a tuxedo there with me with my arms around him. My arms would be folded, and I'd be frowning, shaking my head no. Can you Imagine, because you know what they do on these shows. They put every group they can. Everybody has to be represented, obviously, because that's the world we live in. Okay, I, I'm envisioning the show right now. Jerry States on The Bachelor, first limo Peggy's. <laughs> I would have to be a part of this show because I I would have to give his reaction to every gal that gets out. First gal gets out, white gal, blonde hair. Oh, I like her. Hey, all right, hey, hey, that one's okay. Keep her around. Be like, I can't help you, Dad. God forbid if a black woman got out of the car. Just God forbid. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what I would hear. I hope you guys are finding this as funny as I am. Oh, and they announce their names. If anybody ever got out with a Hispanic sounding name, my dad would have probably lost his shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are they going to feed me tacos all night? Or am I going to have to eat some kind of fucking crazy, you know, belly dancing music with this shit? Hey, Lauren, I just want to pick that gal right there. She's got the biggest hoots. <laughs> Do I get free prophylactics? Hey, uh, you got prophylactics on? I don't want to knock any of these gals up. Oh my God. I would pay to make that happen. If I was if I had Elon Musk money, I would build a time machine so I could go back in time and have my father star in that show and just tell him how to react naturally to that. Oh boy.. Oh. So now I, I do want to see the old gal version. Your dad would be caught on video pissing against a tree in the background Just <laughs> some other scene, probably. You know what I'd like to see? This is what I would like to see. See, this is why I can't be a TV producer. Because the last woman to get out in the car for this guy, I'm going to tell you right now, is like Megan Fox. It's like a 25-year-old, not Megan Fox because she shit out kids. I want somebody who ain't shit out no kids. We got some fucking 25-year-old fucking influencer, big jugs all made up, everything, and she's competing against all the old gals. And by the way, do the same thing on the old gal show. The last guy who gets out of the fucking car, all these old men are fucking hunchback, walking with limps. The last guy gets out and he's in a muscle shirt and he's just built like a brick shit house. That's what I'd like to see. Who are they going to pick? Zoe, you're safe this week. Beatrice, you're gone. You don't get any roses. No Metamucil for you. See, that's something that people would watch. My dad once said he wouldn't date a black woman at the home because he doesn't battle in the Why does my wife call me during your show just to talk? It fucks up my rhythm. Jesus. The old man needs to call her Juggs for the remainder of this show. Oh, he would. Get Juggs down here. My father's dating show would be worse than Flavor of Love. Oh, yeah! I mean, for the culture, for the world, I, there aren't many shows that were worse than uh, Rock of Love with Brett Michaels was awful, shitty, just because it was Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels wanted to be this wannabe tough guy Oh, I ride motorbikes and I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Oh, and I've got male pattern baldness, but I'm going to wear a fucking do-rag to hide it up. Never liked him. I mean, a couple decent songs. Just I, I, I never bought it. I never bought it. See, I think he could probably be a lounge singer or a, a cruise ship entertainer. Flavor of Love was the shittiest. Literally. I mean, uh, you know, the premise of that show, and, and the, the the funny thing is I watched Flavor of Love for a little while. The premise of that show is women are fighting to be with Flavor Flav. Like, they're honestly wanting to date a charcoal briquette. I, and I love Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav is dark. If you were to cut his leg, charcoal would come out. And and, and Flav is kind of fucked up looking, too. That's the other thing about Flav. Flav ain't ain't, Flav ain't a handsome fella. So I'm supposed to believe that these gals are really going after love with Flav, and they're not going after his money? Really? The star of Brett Michaels' show was his obvious hairpiece and bandana. See, that's back when VH1. I'm on a tangent now, so I'm just going to start speaking. See, that's back when VH1 was great. I'll say it. VH1 at one time in our history was great. It was never as great as MTV. Okay? As, as, As a Gen Xer. As somebody who grew up in the MTV generation, there was nothing better than music television. Flav was so black, Stevie Wonder sees him all the time. (laughs) And then, sadly... MTV just kind of went away. It kind of developed these shows like The Real World and Road Rules, and they got away from playing videos. And then we lost music television. It was replaced with crappy show after crappy show. And some executive at VH1 says, "How about we do Flavor of Love, where we do a dating show?" And they, and I mean honestly, that that right there, that that would, if I'm an executive, I'd be like, "That's a winner." I don't know how well it did in the ratings. Don't care it was on for at least one season. Then Brett Michaels comes on. I think Brett Michaels had like two seasons. But the true the true royalty of VH1 stood with only one man who gave us fucking hit after hit after hit. And the long run is the main reason why I will always love Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew Pinsky is the worst doctor known to mankind. I'm just here to tell you. I wouldn't say he's quite as evil as uh, as Michael Jackson's doctor, the propofol doctor. But Dr. Drew, we'll just say, he was off. Just off. And we had the flagship show, Celebrity Rehab. Now, as somebody who's been addicted to pills and addicted to alcohol, I watch a lot of these shows, and I end up rooting for the people. Intervention is one of those shows that I have a hard time watching. Drew Pinsky or Anthony, I, I'll still take Drew Pinsky. I'll take him over Anthony Fauci because Dr. Drew has at least some entertainment chops. Fauci's terrible. But uh, I, I watch these shows and I root for these people, even the celebrities. But it just showed us just how awful these diseases are and how awful, and if people really want help or not. Oh, VH1 started all those shows with the surreal. Oh, the surreal life was fantastic. Oh, MC Hammer was living with like Macaulay Culkin and they were living in like Glenn Campbell's old house. But Celebrity Rehab brought it home. And season after season was great. And then they did Sex Rehab, which was... I still don't understand that one, but it was phenomenal. But, I mean, the celebrities that they had on that were so fucked. Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway was one of the greatest on that show. Gary Busey was on, thinking he was a counselor. The Amber chick who was on drug rehab and, and took all her pills from her mom. And then she was on sex rehab. Whew. She was in that L.A. story movie. She's a model, but, oh, she was hot. I think that she was on sex rehab because she needed a paycheck, pay for the pills for her and her mama. So I think that's why she was on that show. Janice Dickinson, I mean, it was so great. And the best part was is that most of the people, and the one that my my all-time favorite was Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen, who fell in love. Bridget Nielsen fell in love with Flavor Flav. And let me just tell you, them people they didn't make it. Doctor Drew let them down, and he would take them on all kind of events and things, and have to have them have handlers, and they'd go through their stuff and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like. Y'all are treating these people like they don't have handlers or something, and they're going to get fucking dope in them facilities anywho. Many of me was on the uh, the pee on everything on the electric scooter. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, Vern Troyer was on there. See, that's when they gave us at least decent quote-unquote reality shows. Oh, Celebrity Rehab, I'll tell you this right now. Celebrity Rehab was appointment television for me. And I remember what they, you know, the last great thing that MTV gave us was, I'd have to say this besides Jersey Shore because I do love the Jersey Shore. The greatest thing MTV ever gave us after music videos had to be jackass. When you heard that guitar riff for Jackass and you know it was on that night, oh, my God. That was another. seeing once again, these are Sunday night TV shows. They weren't that expensive to make. Now, I know that in our new week in society that we can't have kick-ass shows like this anymore. We can't have people, you know, getting smacked in the face with a big giant hand anymore. Because oh my gosh, that that could set off a child watching that because that's violent. Can can you not not show that show? It's it's too violent. As I stated, I had my ups and downs with demons. And the closest I I I did stay to detox for 10 days. But that was nowhere near my as fun as my, my stay at the uh, state-run mental hospital. That's right. That's right. I was fifty-one fifty, And I tell you, not only was it the greatest thing for me to wake up and see what I have in this life, but man, oh man, see, and this is where I knew I was going to be different and I was going to be better. And I finally realized a lot about myself at this time. And I realized what I need to look for in society. And what I need to look for in society is always the funny. I always have to look for the levity when it comes to things. When they checked me into the facility, um, I was not in a good headspace, obviously. But, you know, they did everything. They gave me, uh, they told me what room to go to. And I sat, slept on this little like beanbag mattress that was terrible on this hard-ass fucking box. I was supposed to sleep there. Now, I told the uh, I told the physicians there that I was on pain medicine for my knees. So, of course, they gave me my pain medicine, and I had a prescription for it. So, um, so what I would do is I would take all the pain medicine they'd give me throughout the day, and then I'd take it at night. I'd, I'd, I'd tongue it, and then I would take them all at night. I'd take like eight or nine at night, and then I could sleep. Out of all the jackass debauchery, you picked the right giant hand. They dressed their dicks up like a mouse to attract them by a snake. I, I understand, uh, Mr. J. I, look, look, I went with a, a very, very vanilla one to show you how weak society is. That was like prison there because there was no Dr. Pepper. There was no Dr. Pepper, no. And I couldn't chew tobacco there either. In the mornings, I'd wake up and I'd go in, and I'd go in the breakfast room and they would have like a packages of grapes, and I would put, like, two grapes between my cheek and gum, and I would sit there for a while just to, to mass that flavor. And it was during the World Series, too, so – and that was the year the Giants beat somebody that wasn't the Rangers. I think that was the first year the Giants were in – I think it was 2010. 2000, it was somewhere around. I don't know. So uh, – but I'll never forget the f- – the first night that I was in there, uh, the first night, I, I didn't get in until late, so I didn't get to do the movie, so it was the next day I was in there. and um, You know, I, we have these groups, and I thought, oh, okay, 2 o'clock group, I have to be there. No, the groups weren't mandatory. I was like, okay, that's a little weird, but okay. And I went to all the groups. I, I wanted to show that I wanted to get better. I had my one meeting a day with the doctor, once again, state run. I found that all the orderlies were of uh, probably Jamaican or South African descent, except maybe, like, one guy. He he and I talked college football, and it was great. But the sheer comedy in that place, um, it, 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 it started from, like, day one, and it only got better as the days went on. Day 1 is when when they introduced uh, and and I found this to be funny. They wanted me to start journaling. Well, I wasn't going to journal. I was going to start writing a comedy show. And they give me this pencil that's made out of rubber. And there's there's graphite in it but no lead. There's no point. And you have to fucking hold this thing down to write with it. I mean, you're you're almost destroying the paper with it. Now, I remember telling the doctor that first day, I said, fuck, I'm going to have the forearm of a 13-year-old after writing in this. And he started to laugh, and I started to pick up on stuff. Day two came along. I think I was there for five days. Day two came along, and that was the day that my dad visited. And it was hard. It was very emotional. I, I don't regret many things in life except mainly that look that my dad gave me when he walked in. My dad, my dad never pitied me except at that moment, and I wish I could do anything in the world to take that look back, but I can't, but my dad saved me that day. When we're sitting there and we're talking, doctors over in the corner listening, and uh, I, I believe uh was there, and my dad looks at me and he says, if I know you wanted to do this, I would have given you some of my blood thinners. And the look on the doctor's face and the look on... (laughs) was one of the most priceless things I ever saw. And I just started laughing. And Dad started laughing. And from that moment on, I knew I was going to be okay. I knew what it took. I busted my ass in there. But the story still happened there. So that night, or the next day was... uh, Next day was was kind of fucking great, because next day, uh, I used to wake up early, because obviously I, I, I did morning radio, so I was woke up early. So I'd walk down to the cafeteria, and I'd sit in there, and it was silent, and it was nice and everything in there. And a new girl had just been brought into the unit. Probably like 21, 22. And she's like, can I eat in here? Well, I was like, yeah, you can, yeah, the food's over there because they put the breakfast out early. I was like, yeah, you can get whatever you want. I think everything's over there. Oh, it's okay that I eat in here. I was like, yeah, it's, I guess is where you're supposed to eat. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you. So she loads up right on shit and she's eating, and more people start walking in, and then just out of nowhere, this girl and 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 like I said, she was like 22, 23, thin, just you know your your typical kind of fucking you know fucked up like, thin chick. Just out of nowhere, she rips off one of the loudest burps I've ever heard in my life. Just... Didn't say a word. I'm fucking dying. I thought it was hysterical. I mean, she didn't, like, see me laughing at her or anything, but it was fucking awesome. So then, as the day progresses... I've started to notice characters in this place. Um, the two really, really drunk guys that are still drunk for some reason. This one guy pissed himself the night before, but he hasn't had a drink in three days. These are the stories why I'd wish you'd do an audiobook. I'd listen to the audio files for years in the future. Well, you can. I have that. It's at ArnieRadio.com. So you got the two drunk guys, right? And you got this one homeless gal. It's just, she's taking as much food as she can because she's, like, stuffing it away. But my favorite guy in there was this dentist. And this dentist would just sit in his chair, and he would just, he would, he would, it, it was like he had fucking Tourette's. He would just spit something out, and it was fantastic. And this day is the day that I noticed because that night I was going to a, They had an AA meeting. And, and like I said, after my dad's moment of comedy, I saw all the comedy in this place and I enjoyed it. And this is why I tell the stories, because they are funny stories. Um, he woke up and he goes, Marilyn Monroe's a piece of ass and I'm going to fuck her. Now, mind you, he was sleeping in a wheelchair in the middle of the cafeteria when he woke up and said this. So, of course, I laughed. So then that night is the AA meeting. And I'm sitting in there. And I've been to my share AA At this time, I think I had 16, 17, 18 years of sobriety. And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm listening, and we're going around the room. And the the guy, God bless the guy who's the chair of the meeting. He's like, oh, I'm Jim, and I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober for two years. I'm like, yeah, All right, good for you, Jim. And then the guy co-chairing the meeting, he's been, like, sober for two and a half years, right? And, and, and these guys are giving it their all. And I appreciate it. And they, they take time out of their night to come to the fucking nut house. So we get to the drunky guys. And this one guy who lived up in Auburn. You're like, I can't get sober because I live by eight bars. <laughs> now, mind you, that night he ended up peeing and pooping himself to where they took him to the hospital and he was no longer there. But then they got to me. And I said, hi, I'm Arnie. I'm an alcoholic. And they're like, hey, Arnie. I go, I have 18 years of sobriety. And the fucking chair of the meeting goes, well, you should be sitting here. And I said, no, 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 no. You're doing a good job. And the fucking drunk guy who pissed and shit himself came up to me after the meeting, and I shared a little bit of my story with him. And the things I always say about looking yourself in the mirror and all that kind of stuff. And drunk guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey. And he still smelled like like he's been in the nut house for four days, and they have showers, which put cold, cold water on you. You have to let that shower run for 30 minutes before it gets any kind of heat. So he comes up to me and he smells like fucking a J and B bottle. And he's like, Hey, you got any tips for me? <laughs> I'm like, I go, You're the guy who said that you, you live close to eight bars? And he goes, Yeah, yeah. I said, Have you thought of moving? And I could see the light bulb go off. I could I could literally see the light bulb go off. He's like, Oh my god. I and he, he goes, I never thought of that. I'm like there you go. <laughs> that might help. But the next two days were my favorite days. The last day was my favorite because I was getting to leave. I didn't have a run-in with people. I didn't have a problem with people at all. I, I didn't talk to a lot of people. I, I I kept my mouth shut, kept my mind forward. I watched the, the games. By the way, the movies that they would let the people pick – The first night that I was awake, they go, hey, we're watching Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Vampire Killer, probably not a good movie for a nuthouse. Just saying. I, I said that in my own head. My last night, I got to pick a movie. I picked The Expendables or something like The Expendables, something like that. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We got that. I was like, good. Let's watch that. I uh, forgot my earbuds, so listening to the show by reading the comments, looking forward to actually hearing the show when I get out of my appointment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it won't disappoint you. So second to last day. I go through my things. I have my meeting with my doctor. I go to my, my little arts and crafts type deal, you know, because once again, Arnie, you know season two of Down for Love came out? Holy shit. Let's come to America this time. So uh so I'm sitting there at lunchtime and we're watching Cops. <laughs> once again. Probably not the greatest show to watch in a nut house. Cops. Now I'm just sitting there and I've got my shaved head, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm bald, but you know, it's doubles coming in. Well, the dentist woke up. And once again, you know, Manson's piece ass, or Marilyn Monroe's piece of ass, I'm gonna fuck her. And he kind of adjusts his eyes, and he looks right at me. And he looks at the TV, and he sees cops are on. He looks at me, and he goes, you're a cop. And I say, fuck you to cops. Fuck you. Do not pass go, and Do not collect $200. And he flipped me off. The, the the caregiver that was in there ran over to me and says, he, he, he doesn't mean that. And I, I look at him like. I didn't take offense to any of it I, I understand she's like he, he 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 he's he's leaving now it's it, I'm like I'm not going to do anything yes with the Arnie build he's the epitome of cop yeah so he calls me this right and flips me off and he walk he, he rolls himself out and and he's positioned himself and the best part about him was his outfits every day. He would have, like, a pair of pajama pants on and then a pair of pants over that. And he'd have, like, two shirts on and a sweater and then, like, a jacket. But he would always keep his one foot that he had that didn't have a shoe on. He'd keep his foot in the sunlight because that's what kept him warm. So he pulls his way out of there in the wheelchair, and he goes, and I didn't know where he was. I was, I, I thought it was funny. I, I I thought it was hilarious. I was not offended by it at all. So I remember I came out, and I was going to go down to my room. And I came out like two minutes later. Well, I didn't know that he had positioned himself in the hallway. And the caregiver was out there, and she saw me walk out. She's like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm just going to my room. She's like, oh, okay. And she gets out of the way, and the doctor has double-burdened me the entire way down the hallway. (laughs) Next day, he didn't say a word to me. So the last day, which was my favorite day ever at the nut house. I remember what I was wearing because people had brought me clothes to wear. I was wearing a Willie Nelson shirt. It had Willie on there with the state of Texas and his name in it. I had a pair of like gym shorts on that didn't have drawstrings because they didn't want me to hang myself. And I'm wearing those terrible fucking, you know, fucking socks that have the, the grabbers on at the bottom. I don't know why I couldn't have my fucking sandals, but whatever. It's the last day. I go in there, and I have my meeting with the doctor, and he's, he's talking to me. And I didn't know it was my – I had a feeling it was my last day, but I didn't know. I didn't know until a moment that the doctor gave me. And this doctor that I had in the nut house was great. I wish he would have been my therapist afterwards because he made a lot of sense to me. I'd have busted out knife-dancing Britney on him. Wish Cop Arnie gave him a Rodney King embrace. <laughs> So he's bed, dressed better than Fetterman. Yes, he was. So uh, I go into my meeting with my doctor, and, he, and he's like, so how's this week been? I said, well, it was tough. You know, I look, I'd like my freedom back. And, and, and I learned at that moment what freedom is to me. He goes, well, I want you to write that down for me. So I, I always carried my journal with me and that fucking rubber pencil. that I, And I bitched about that rubber pencil every day. He goes, I want you to write that down. I go, okay. As I start to get, he goes, here, use this. And he slid me his pen. And I knew that was my last day. And I knew that that was a a moment of clarity of freedom for me is that I can use a pen again. It, It was very surreal to me. So I wrote it down. And I said, does this mean what I think it means? He goes, yeah, you're going to be getting out in a couple hours. He goes, you got one more group, and I'd like you to go. I said, okay, sure, I'll go. No problem. Fuck, you're going to let me out? Of course, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do so I can get out of this fucking place. Because I want a fucking dip of snuff. And I knew that uh <laughs> was, was picking me up with my dad. And... and They're like, what do you want to bring? I said, bring me Copenhagen, and we're going to McDonald's afterwards. And they're like, okay. So um, I go to my last group. Now, my last group I had with this guy who was probably one of the angriest people I've ever seen in my entire life. And a part of me feared him. Like, he was a wiry fella. Like, 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 he he, he kind of looked like somebody that would been in Special Forces but got knocked out because he was too crazy. He wasn't, like, Jack. And you think a lot of these Special Forces guys are jacked. They, don't, they aren't. They're just very wiry. They can get around. And that was this guy. And this guy had been in a few of my groups before. And I like to call him the mumbler. You know how most people mumble like this when... They're having a conversation with somebody in their own brain while somebody else is talking. It's kind of off-putting. Well, he was worse because he talked out loud. And he would, I mean, he was like, he was full on, oh, the government's here, they're going to kill us. I got to get out of this place. And I remember they stopped one of the meeting. They're like, what did you say? He goes, well, there's rapes, there's murders going on out there, and I'm in here. I could stop all that. And... The lady, the, the, the lady running that group that night's like, well, there were rapes and murders going on when you were out there. And he was not happy. And he wouldn't take his medicine that night until they said, look, you can either take your medicine or we can give you your medicine. And I think he's been given his medicine a couple of times, so he acquiesced and took his medicine. So last group were sitting in there. And this doctor is doing a role-playing scenario with and it's on anger. Obviously, I need to be in that group. So does fucking Mumbles. And uh, the doctor goes, and, and I did this in my stand-up show, and and I love this story so much. The doctor goes, okay, we're going to do a scenario here where you're walking into a convenience store, and you want to get the new lottery tickets. He goes, Arnie, you go ahead and go first. And I said, okay. So I acted like I walked in. I said, uh, excuse me, you got the new lottery tickets? And the doctor was presenting himself as a, a Gen Z-er or a millennial, not caring, not listening, way before his time. No, not, not giving me any potential. And I said, well, all right. And I left. And, and I guess I handled it correctly because I didn't, like, browbeat the shit out of him. And he says, now, would you go back to – <laughs> I'm laughing because I already know the punchline of the story, and it's so great. <laughs> would you go back to that guy? I said, no, no, no. He goes, okay, try it again. I said, okay. I said, uh, excuse me um, – you have the new lottery tickets? Oh, you mean the red, white, and blue ones, the ones that are doing, doing this, this, this? Oh, hold on a second. Let me go get those for you. And he goes, now, would you, would you come back and shop with this guy? I said, well, yeah, he's friendly. And he looks at the fucking mumbler, and he goes, he goes, do you have anything to say? And he goes, there are new lottery tickets? Hand to God. Hand to God. He said, there are new lottery tickets? I about fell off the fucking chair. That was the greatest line I've ever heard. Next to me, I want to be a race car driver. When I heard there are new lottery tickets in this made-up scenario of a convenience store, but it doesn't end there. So we get done with (laughs) the group. And I go sit in the cafeteria, and I got all my shit packaged up. I'm getting out, right? Well, the mumbler comes up to me, and he's going to talk to me. I am shaking in my fucking boots. I figured he was going to slash my throat because I'm leaving. And he wanted to be out. And he walks up to me, and he sticks his hand out to shake my hand. And I'm like, I better shake his fucking hand. I shook it, and, and I mean powerful grip. We're talking... If he was free, he would drive an extended cab truck that was raised to the roof. I mean, he was overcompensating, obviously, with his handshake. He goes, hey, man, I just want to say thank you. I know you drove all the way from Houston here to help me out, to break me out, but I'll get out soon. And I'm sitting there going, okay, man. Okay. He goes, you don't know how much I appreciate it. I mean, you drove all the way here from Texas. He's saying this because I'm wearing a Willie Nelson Texas shirt. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm going to be back in North Carolina soon. So I just want to say thanks. He walked off. I was safe. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. And as soon as those doors opened, I saw my dad. They let me go. I go, where's the Copenhagen? So I was like, I was like, give me the damn Copenhagen woman. She gives me the Copenhagen. I put about the whole can in my mouth. I'm like, oh, oh this is good. It was the best quarter pounder with cheese I ever had in my entire life. Oh my god. But yeah, that that was the nut house experience. I haven't shared it in a while. I thought I'd share that with y'all. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, Let's see, what story do I want to end the show with this week? Uh, not that one. No, 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 no. This is the one I'll end with. Um, Let's see here let me let me get the right music here to play uh, we need we, we need some uh, some down home good old uh there we go Where well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the
5: bow kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor dance in the kitchen till the
1: morning light. Woo! Louisiana Saturday night We're going down Louisiana way baby. And let me tell you, there's an arrest in a Tupac case. Wait, Suge Knight? Did they rearrest arrest Suge Knight? Hold on a second here. Let me let me see. Is that where's that at? Is that on TMZ? Uh, TMZ saying here, yeah. Tupac man arrested, connected murder. Uh, Dwayne Keith Keith D Davis was arrested Friday morning. On uh, charges, Davis certainly is a new name when it comes to the murder. Okay, so there you go. Former crip. A former gang member? What? You're kidding me. You are kidding me. A former gang member committed a murder? Oh. No, I think, is Suge Knight dead? I thought he was still in prison. I'm not sure. And, and by the way, I know that Suge Knight used to listen. So, not to this show. He listened to the morning show. Um, The Tangapahoa Parish Sheriff's Office (laughs) in Tangapahoa County. Well, they're angry that a teacher in the Tangapahoa Parish School System gave birth to a child fathered by a 17-year-old student. Sheriff Daniel Edwards complained, uh, uh, confirmed the department was looking into the allegations and refused to release additional information due to the age. So, so you're telling me that a teacher In the school system in Louisiana, got knocked up by a 17-year-old student. She got knocked up by a third grader in Louisiana. That's disgusting. Um, "Quote: I.e. While we cannot share the specific details regarding the information, we can confirm that the allegations were dealt with properly, and the investigation process has been rigorous and thorough." It's like eating the belly out of an alligator ass in first, if you know what I mean. The teacher has resigned from her position, and her position was doggy style, baby. Wow. This teacher wins. This teacher is the greatest next to Mary Kay, uh, Mary Kay Latorno, right? Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. That was the chick who got shot. Who was the one that that, that that had the baby and then the kid raised the baby? I ain't talking about the damn Adam Sandler movie. The one up in Seattle. Because this gal sleeps with the kid and gets the trophy. That's how good she is at fucking she got a trophy. Uh, for all these real Arnie stories, all we need... Uh are us around a nighttime campfire and s'mores? Yeah, oh, these stories might keep you up. You know, hon, you're you're a teacher. Mary, it was Mary Kay Letourneau. Oh, okay, good. I got that one right. You would think that a teacher would probably make sure he's wearing a condom. You would think.
2: Hey, you got a condom on? Oh,
1: yeah, I'm wearing a Gator condom, baby. This is what my daddy cousin gave me. He said he used it and I was created. That was Mary Kay and her student, Villy, or something like that. Yeah, he had he had some kind of weird name. He, he probably related to one of Angelina Jolie's kids. Mage probably knows him. <laughs> Sorry, Mage. Had to give you one more shout-out in Japan this week. Uh, that is going to do it for us today, as Family. We will be back on Monday. That means that this weekend it is time to get it on. So if you're going to go out there and you're going to go drink and you're going to go have fun, please do. Have a great time. Tie one on. But whatever you do, get home safe. Don't drive. Get yourself an Uber. Get a Lyft. Get a cab. Get away home because I want you back on Monday. Why? Because, see, this is the same thing. when you you guys walk into a room, it's better. Why? Because you guys are in there. So until Monday, y'all have a fantastic weekend and a good, clean adios to everybody. Adios, everybody.
4: Enough. You're ready to give up on that little lie they call love Then out of the blue clear sky, falling right into your hands Like rain on the desert sand, it's the last thing you had planned
2: the man, pal. I coined the phrase, I am the man. Woo! Diamonds are forever! And so is
6: the Arnie State Show. Woo! You've been listening to the Arnie State Show at arnieradio.com. Stop it,
1: stop it! Stop, 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 stop talking! Um, I I did just want to take a moment to thank everybody. Goodbye now! I am going to go get laid. Goodbye! See you tomorrow!